And now we're recording <laughs> we yell about dark mode uh, and why everything should have it as opposed to <laughs> all this white that's on the internet. Like, why do you want to stare at a white screen? It just hurts the eyes. Yeah, I usually like the white, but like, there's definitely times that I want a dark screen. Like, if I'm like watching a movie or something and I've got something going on on the other monitor, then I want that to be like dark, right? I just wanted, like, it's terrible for your eyes to be staring at white all day. And, like, given what I do for a living, I'm very cognizant of, like, staring at screens for 98 hours a fucking day. Yeah, not fucking up your eyes. Yeah, not ruining my eyes. So I I tend to, like, everything that can get flipped to dark mode does get flipped to dark mode. Like, I'll even draw on gray paper, like, on a tablet so that I'm not staring at, like, blinding white the entire time. Because I'm just doing, especially when I'm doing line work and stuff, it's so much easier that way. On the eyes, I mean, not drawing or whatever but either way welcome back to dance robot dance everybody this is episode 259 we're gonna leave you with that little bit of pre-show banter because it's boring to sell (laughs) us talking about my eyeballs falling out (laughs) figuratively yeah yeah how's it going this week there uh tim i'm here with tim yeah how's it going not bad it has been a while since we've recorded so we lost our lost our groove i feel like i've lost my groove like i'm i'm (laughs) No, I'm outside of podcast flow right now, so yes, yeah. because it has been. Uh, you know, we're putting this on like the Monday night after the weekend. Normally, we would have. It's been almost two full weeks since we recorded our last episode because I I took off and went camping for a bit, and so we had to record that episode late. And then this week or, or early, and then this week we are recording late so that we can bring you the latest and greatest Marvel shit. Yeah, man. Well, there wasn't really anything else to talk about this week, because even the news this week was pretty threadbare. I was like, we've got a week and a half of news to get through, and there's barely anything to talk about. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll get into it, though. Let's start with uh, the nerdy news. First, just all this sad shit we got to get out of the way. Yeah, We we lost Richard Donner this week. Uh, he was 92? I believe, 91. 91, right? yeah. 91. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the man had a career that spanned decades and made billions and, like, was responsible yeah. for Superman, the Goonies, and all kinds of things that like are seminal to our youth. The and... Omen, Lethal Weapon. Oh my God! Yeah, the absolutely. fucking list just goes on and on. And then executive produced some of the like X Men movies and shit. And yeah, he, all kinds of shit. Yeah, was involved everywhere. Every, like I think Kevin Feige got his start with Richard Donner and his production team. I'm I could reasonably sure Jeff Johns did as well. Like that's how Jeff Johns broke into the industry was through. The Donner side of things, so yeah, he's he had a, he's touched like every industry, and obviously we're still watching movies based on what he did in 1978. Like we're talking about a movie that wouldn't be here if he hadn't oh, done yeah. what he did. So yeah, massive lasting impact. So so that one was sad. There was a weird one this week, and I'm just bringing it up because it's uh, an actual comic book illustrator passed away of COVID this week. Yeah, uh, sadly, Robson Roca, who is most famously I think worked on Aquaman with uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick, passed away. This past week of COVID uh, complications from COVID or something yeah, to that effect. Yeah. He's been kind of a mainstay on the DC side for like a decade now. Like he's done yeah. a pretty good run on like the Sinestro solo book when there was one. Birds of Prey, Superboy, Supergirl, Green Lanterns. Yeah, a bunch of stuff. And he's, he's a fucking solid like... I mean, he's not like one of those artists that you'd look at his work and be like, oh, my God, that's I know that's him. But he was just like one of those fucking workhorse guys you could always rely on to do, you know, really solid art. Yeah, he was a guy I was looking forward to uh, eventually getting over his exclusivity deal and going to do some work elsewhere Mm -hmm. eventually. Because I liked what I saw at DC. I always like seeing what guys do when they jump ship and go to Image or 
you know, obviously over to Marvel where most of my books live. Yeah. But yeah, no, he had the chops. He would have done well, like continuously. And obviously he'd been doing quite well. I liked his stuff. Yeah. When I went and looked at it, he was somebody I followed on Twitter and stuff because I love following all these guys on Twitter. That's yeah. what inspires me. But yeah, so sad news. On so the if DC. you haven't already, get your goddamn fucking COVID shots, people. Yeah, man. Shit should be happening at this point. Although, I mean, Brazil. I don't know what their yeah. vaccination status is like, and and I know that they've been getting hit hard the last few months. Yeah, they've also, they was there were some problems down there last time. I was like looking at international COVID numbers, which was admittedly a couple weeks ago. Now, as Canada has started to like cool off, and it's become less of a pressing issue for us here. Like we're, I think Ontario was down below two hundred people, two hundred new cases yep, today. Two hundred new cases. Over fifty percent of our adults have both doses now, including yep. you. Yeah, I got my second shot last Thursday, kicked my ass the next day. Although, see, the problem was, like, I had hurt my back the day. So, like, my back went out on the Wednesday. Yeah. And then I got my shot. So, I have no idea if the weekend was, like, COVID or... How much of it was, yeah. Or, like, what was what kind of thing. I just yeah. had a shit weekend where I was, like, laid up, basically. That was the same with me, where I'm pretty sure I gave myself fucking heat stroke the day after I got the COVID, my second shot. Yeah. So, I'm not sure, like, how much of me feeling like shit the day yeah. after was... Fuck, I shouldn't have been out in the hot ass sun for like three hours. Yeah. And how much of it was the vaccine. Yeah, that's the problem. Like when my back goes out, it's like it's your central nervous system. You never know what is going to start going weird. You know what I mean? Like what else? What else you're going to glitch out? Well, that's what like my neck will start to ache and stuff like that because it's just Mm. up and down the spinal column. Like arms get tingly. Alicia's the same way. Like she's got some weird like nerve shit in her neck and like it'll fuck up her arms and shit like and, and yeah. feeling in her hands and that kind of thing too. And like my arms will go down more and quickly and... and all that kind of stuff than they usually do. And th- like my injuries in my lower back. So why it's affecting my upper body? I have no fucking clue. But guess what? Your body's all connected <laughs> and it all sucks. It's a temple of doom <laughs> and it's all going to fall apart on you eventually is basically yeah. what we're trying to say. Go get your goddamn presents. shot. <laughs> go get your shot. I don't know. Just put me in a fucking computer. You know what I mean? Like, just tomorrow. I would I would take it. No more spine? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Any day. Gigahertz processing speed. Yeah, man. Just put me on an SSD and call it a goddamn day. And if you could find a 3090 so I could do some shit while I'm in there, you know? <laughs> put it in there, too, for fuck's sakes. Still we, can't, we can't go a week without you complaining about not being able to find video cards. Hey, man. <laughs> I still can't find one, so I'm going to still complain about it. Either way, uh, yeah, sad news this week for both those guys. Uh, going to be missed. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. Richard Donner like lived a long life, but, you know, both of them are sad. Mm-hmm. So, either way, let's all move on to while we're actually here, which is, you know, the fun, nerdy news. Marvel's multiverse expands soon. We've got the first trailer for What If this week, and it looks fucking sick. The animation may be the nicest fucking animation I've ever seen. Like Disney, Disney's fucking crushed it. It looks like maybe the same property that Marvel used for Star Wars Rebels. I mean, Disney. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Disney. Sorry, yeah. Uh, not Marvel. Yeah, the Disney used for for Star. We'd be Wars in a Rebels. much better place if Marvel was in charge of everything, not Disney. Was it Rebels, you know what I mean? <laughs> Rebels or Resistance? I think Resistance, the one that took place after after the current yeah i don't know anyways yeah but it, it's it's got it's not quite like that like super cgi it, it's like kind of trying to do it like realistic but cell shaded sort of thing yeah i don't know it so, looks f- fucking fantastic to my picky, and picky eyes so. yeah and it's got the last the last appearance of chadwick boseman as t'challa as well yeah he did some voice work for one of the episodes so and they they feature that heavily yeah. in the trailer yeah, where he's Star Lord, which is just fucking 
Oh, I love what if stuff. What if so it's one of my was one of my books growing up that I used to like love grabbing trades up because it was just like it's yeah. all Elseworlds Bat stuff, shit. right? Yeah. But like it's just like as insane as these guys can get. And the Marvel bullpen's full of fucking lunatics most of the time. So like yeah, usually they come up with some wacky ideas. Either way, uh, that will be hitting your Disney Plus feed on August 11th. Uh, so it's like right around the corner. Marvel, we are getting, I'm so happy. We're just getting like Marvel shit, like <laughs> hot and heavy from now till eternity, it seems like. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's finally here. COVID made me wait a year for all this shit, but now the movies are starting to come out. Oh, yes. And yeah, now the floodgates are open now. Speaking of which, uh, Black Widow, which we will be talking about shortly, but like hit the news this week that it made $218 million worldwide, which is pretty fucking good considering what the world is going through right now. So well, that's, I th- think that's combined between Disney Plus premiere access and yeah. in theaters. Yeah, because they, they released it like both. They, they dropped it on the same day on you know real life uh, theaters as well as uh, Disney Plus, like $30 US streaming access. And thanks, Stan, they did, because there would have been no way for me to see it otherwise, because I live in Ontario, where the theaters are still fucking closed. So. Yeah, until this this Friday they open, though. Are they, they opening on Friday? I nice. think so, yeah, yeah. So at this, I because I'm fully vaxxed now, I might try and actually go into a theater, because I think this would be a good movie to see in a theater. Not that, like, my home theater isn't a pretty good setup, but... I mean, my home theater is a pretty good setup, but, like, I'd still... I. Like would just like to contribute to the. I mean, I paid to obviously I paid for the Disney Plus access for this, but still would like to you know buy a ticket and shit and see it on the big screen. Mm-hmm. I haven't missed any of these fucking movies on the big screen. I'm gonna be pissed if I miss like Scarlett Johansson finally getting her like solo <laughs> thing on the. So annoyed. I've been talking about them making this fucking movie since Iron Man Two. Yeah. I was like, God, could you imagine a fucking Black Widow movie with Scarlett Johansson in it? <laughs> Guess what? It took a fucking twenty years or some shit. <laughs> Too long is what it took them. But yeah, so. Uh, Black Widow made $218 million or yeah, $218 million on her opening weekend. And like, that's pretty fucking dope, both for a female led superhero movie and all this shit as we're coming out of like female led, female directed, like oh, yeah, female majority female cast. Yeah. yeah. Produced by a lot of females. I think it's like Kevin Feige and then a bunch of women who produce this movie because Kevin Feige is going to be producing <laughs> yeah, all these much. movies. So <laughs> he's done. So that's that. But either way, yeah, they're making tons of money on that. So good for them. On the other, on the Disney Plus side of things, though, there was, I just wanted to point out, because it was a news story that I didn't quite catch. I didn't catch that it was him who did the voice anyway. Throg was in this week's episode of Loki, and it was actually oh, yeah. by Chris Hemsworth. Frog, Frog Thor. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Frog Thor, if, if you were watching this week's episode of Loki as they transitioned from the bunker shot to the above ground shot or vice versa. It was, there's uh, yeah, it was going, going underground just after they passed the Thanos copter. <laughs> That's right. They passed the Thanos copter, which is fucking awesome. And you see a Mjolnir buried there, and then you yeah. see a little Thor frog who's trapped in like a canister or something. Yeah, and yeah. he's bouncing up and down, yelling. And that was Chris Hemsworth yelling. And apparently, according to the director of the show, that was a new recording that they got Chris to do for that <laughs> shot. It wasn't reused. It was actual new stuff they did. Probably so, just like got him to fucking do it over the phone or something. Oh, absolutely. Shit. But like the fact that they bothered to even just get Chris Hemsworth the to do like it's probably like working on guardians of the galaxy at the time and was like okay i'll phone in to do scott Loki. <laughs> i mean yeah they're, they're done shooting thor i think so yeah he must have moved over to guardians at this point because i think he's in both him and quill are just doing both movies like back to back basically yeah, yeah. that's gonna be a lot of thor oh, fucking i'm excited Good times. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of himbo i'm i'm okay with it he's like <laughs> i just rewatched them all and i'm like he may be 
like my favorite movie character is Thor. Like he's so entertaining when he's on screen. Yeah. In the comics, meh, but like on screen, man, Chris Hemsworth just like rocks it. Either way, <laughs> Throg was just like that was a nice little touch for me. You know. Yeah, it's Throg Thor. Throg. I mean, like Alligator Loki was dope as shit too. Obviously, Croaky. and like has become. Yeah a giant meme at this yeah. point, but like <laughs> I was there for Throg. I'm an old Marvel guy. So Throg was like, that was it for me. Either way, speaking of old shit, that's coming back. Did you watch Silverhawks growing up? Uh, I a little bit. And I had, you know how, like when you were a kid and sometimes you would like get, have people give you like Christmas gifts or birthday gifts, but they don't really know you or know yeah. like distant relatives would yeah. give you shit, but they have no idea what the fuck you like. And so they're just yeah. like, oh, this looks like some shit that like a ten year old boy would like. I'll fucking get this for him. Yeah. So I had some a couple of Silverhawks figures yeah. for that reason, and I would like you know put them in like big stupid fights with like He Man characters and Transformers and shit. And I would just use them as fodder. They would just get obliterated yeah. by the Decepticons. Before exactly. The Autobots they, came in. <laughs> yeah. I had like the main character, like the one that's actually yeah. like silver, and yeah, he was definitely like always the first one out and like oh, my yeah. big like you know kitty battle royale kind of things. Yeah, man, Galvatron knocked the shit out of those Silverhawks a lot. Let me tell you what. He was like Scorpionock for me. It was like just cleaning cleaning house with everybody. Absolutely. Either way, uh, apparently we're getting a reboot of this, which, I mean, nobody asked for. Just mind-boggling. It doesn't matter anymore. Boggles the mind. Yeah, so I'm not even sure where it's going, but it is happening. I saw, did I see Netflix or Disney Plus? What? I don't. Oh no, the people who produced it have produced shows for Netflix and Disney Plus, but they haven't said where it's going yet. So, I mean, if you're a Silverhawks fan, go nuts. Good for if you're you. You're one of the three people yeah, in the world you, that were Silverhawks fans. Who gives that much of a shit about? I can't really knock it. I was, I'm a Transformers guy, still going, you know. But like, holy crap, that one. That I just saw it and was like, why? Why? Yeah. It's like the Polly Pocket thing the other day when we talked about that a couple weeks ago, or this Whatever. fucking Barbie movie. I mean, at least that's got Margot Robbie and it's being directed by like. Margot Robbie's choice of female director, also. So apparently, yeah, Greta Gerwig. It might be like a big subversive fucking mess. So who knows what that's going to be? I can only least. hope. <laughs> I am. Well, one can hope. Anyway, the Blade Runner animated series Black Lotus, which I did not even know about, uh, is it's an Adult Swim show, Crunchyroll and Adult Swim, uh, has cast a bunch of big names uh, and Josh Duhamel. <sighs> Jesus, I don't know why that guy keeps getting work, but either way. <laughs> So it, apparently this is 13 episodes that will be airing on Adult Swim set somewhere around 20, like the 2049, or actually set between the two, I guess. Like it's kind of an interval between the original and uh, Blade Runner 2049. I was going to say, Samira Wiley's in that uh, list, that cast list as well. And uh, oh no, sorry, that's that was Samara Weaving that was in Bill and yeah. Ted. Yeah. Uh, no, Peyton, Peyton List, uh, Jessica Henwick, who was in Iron Fist, Josh Duhamel, and Brian Cox are in this cast right now. Uh, Jessica Henwick will be the lead, it looks like. Uh, I don't see anybody else yeah, that I, I, necessarily... I mean, it's, I'm sure it's a lot of you know people that are actual voice actors. Wes Bentley is in there, too, which is weird, because like I feel like that's all he does is voice acting now. But yeah, a bunch of other stuff. But either way, there's a, like, looks like a CG animated... Yeah, it's cool. Like, I mean, I, fucking... Blade Runner is a totally expansive world that you can tell lots of interesting stories and, in, you know, that don't have to do with like Blade Runners and, uh, and maybe don't even have to do with fucking replicants. Right. Like it's, it's a interesting world on its own. So, yeah, I was gonna, like, we don't really know anything about the world outside of like the Blade Runner replicant kind of like situation. Right. So like, I would be curious to see more, especially if it's like, it depends on if it's canon though. It starts to become like, are we just making random shit up? That's not going to actually affect any 
Are they even making any more movies? Like, does it matter? No, I don't think there's any plans to make a third Blade Runner movie at this point. Like, even though it got like just crazy, insane reviews, including our reviews, uh, it it just it didn't perform very well. So I don't think there's much in the way of plans to make another movie right now. Yeah, still looking forward to Dune. Uh, Although, like, the response, the kind of lukewarm response that uh, Blade Runner got, does not exactly fill me with confidence that Dune will you know, connect with a wider audience. I mean, obviously you and I will be there opening night, like fucking yeah. dorks, but that's, that's what we do. Uh, also, we have a podcast to record every week and that would be fodder. So there's that yeah. also, yeah. but yeah, like I'm, I'm curious to watch this and I'm curious to watch Dune. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know how many other people are. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so there's fair. that. There's two more things I've got on this list. One is that apparently we are going to be getting some, Netflix thing from and more Netflix stuff from Zack Snyder. Apparently, he pitched a Star Wars movie a couple years ago. Yeah, I remember we talked about that. Like he that he had something in development, kind of thing, and sounds like he just basically pitched them something and they said no. Yeah, apparently he's decided to like take it and turn the framework into something else called Rebel Moon. Which (laughs) how they're gonna get away with that? I don't know. (laughs) But all right, yeah, I don't don't think uh, I don't think Star Wars has a fucking trademark on rebel or moon i don't know it's not a, i guess it's not a moon right like it's a base space station it's a space station yeah <laughs> so either way uh more Zack snyder horseshit coming to netflix i mean after whatever army of the dead or whatever that piece of garbage was i don't really you see they're doing a they're legit doing a fucking prequel to that too it's it's actually i think it's already filmed or something like it there it's coming out this year do you think tig nataro is actually on set for it or do you think that, that <laughs> no it's it's gonna that? That was the most mind-blowing thing about that fucking movie was looking for the scenes in that special effect. That yeah. was the most interesting thing about that movie for me. Yeah. Well, and the dead pixels. Just the random dead pixels in a 4K <laughs> movie. pixels. Just, oh my god. The technical <laughs> problems in that movie was unbelievable. Like, that's the kind of shit that's distracting, too, like, when you're watching it. Like, it's not like, and not like in a, oh, it's I'm engrossed in this world kind of way. It's kind of like a, did they fucking break my TV with this dog shit movie? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. So either way. No, it's it's gonna have something to do with the characters that they find, or like the dead bodies that they find near the vault that look like them or whatever, and it's like a league of thieves or some bullshit like that. I don't oh, fucking know. Who gives a shit? I, I barely got through the first one. I'm definitely not gonna try to sit through the second one, so <laughs> whatever. And then this Star Wars, this like sci-fi thing he's doing, like... <sighs> yeah, I don't you know. What? You know what, Zack Snyder? I think you and I are done, my friend. I think... <laughs> After sitting through four hours of Justice League, I'm fucking done with your shit. So, and then I watched Army of Dead, and it was fucking terrible. Uh, <laughs> last story I had that I wanted really wanted to talk about. Well, maybe there might be something else in here, and I just didn't put it in like a link. But we're finally getting 4K Star Trek movies. So the rated at the top, the first four movies will be released in 4K, including the director's cut of the motion picture, which has been out of print all since, like, all 27 hours of it. Yes, well, both. I mean, yeah, there's two versions of it now to watch, which means it's going to take 48 hours to get through. <laughs> like yeah, I mean, I'm a defender of the original movie, although I will admit, like, it is fucking glacier paced. So there's yeah. absolutely that. The, and the director's cut even more so. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I have that on VHS. Like, that, yeah. I had that whole set of the first six movies on VHS, mm-hmm. and it was the director's cut of the first one. And it's yeah. like fucking three hours, and like an hour of it is just a slow panning shot of the Enterprise A. <laughs> not even the A. The A is not till four because uh, they don't blow up the original. Oh, three. right. That's the OG. It's just a. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Either way. Yes. Right. I always get on people's dick about the fucking a whatever. It's just a refit. Either way. Yeah. We're gonna get the first four. Why they're divvying? They're divvying them up in groups of four. So you're getting the first like I think you're gonna get one through four on the first box, and then you'll get five, six, seven in another box, and then eight, nine, ten in another box. Obviously, to get the next gen stuff in. Although yeah. I guess you get some of the next gen stuff in seven because obviously that movie's more of a next gen movie than yeah. yeah than a TOS movie. Like Kirk's in it for the first ten minutes and the last ten minutes. And that's kind of it. Really, if they were smart, they'd fucking do it like three at a time, right? Because like nobody's gonna fucking buy anything past generations of the TNG movies. Uh, first Contact is yeah. seven, yeah. so like yeah, I guess I'm the, well, I'd I say like that, yeah first Contact eight. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah generation seven. Yeah, I guess that works. Yeah, I would buy First Contact. I don't know. Insurrection and <laughs> well, Nemesis. Yeah, would you buy would you buy First Contact if you had to buy Nemesis and Insurrection with it? Uh, they're not even good special effects shots of that enterprise that I love either. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like the, the, all the best looking special effects shots of the Sovereign class are in First Contact. First Contact, yeah. Yeah, so like, <laughs> yes, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They keep making Nemesis more and more important to the universe, even though it's like the worst fucking movie of the original batch. <laughs> Oh, as we proved in our episode about it, whenever that was, <laughs> Christy didn't even realize that it wasn't. She thought it was fucking first contact, <laughs> which isn't even a great movie either. It's just like the script's terrible. It's just it's, it's fun, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, it's got cool Borg shit. Yeah, it's got Borg shit in it. The Borg shit doesn't make a ton of sense, but like Borg shit, nonetheless. <laughs> either way, that's all the news I had for this week. Did you have anything else you want to bring up? Nintendo announced their oh! new version of the Switch. Son of a bitch! I wrote that in there. See, that's the thing I wrote in there without a link. There is a new switch. <laughs> yeah, they announced their uh, OLED model switch, which just has an OLED screen and larger storage. Uh, it's at least sixty-four gigs instead of thirty-two gigs. Which just like go fuck yourself. Like that's so piddly at this point when you're <laughs> downloading games and stuff. But like, well, yeah. Nintendo games aren't as big as like PS5 games either, no, right? So no, there's definitely yeah, the, fuck the eternal juggle of those internal hard drives right now has been just like killing me. But and know. and the nice thing with the with Switch is that the games are on basically memory cards, right? They're not you, they're yeah. not a big fucking honking disc that you have to bring around with you or whatever. Like it's just they're a lot smaller, so it's still relatively practical to have physical copies of switch games even though it's kind of a pain in the ass to have a big old fucking disc that you have to put in your console every time for uh playstation or xbox i'm all digital almost like on all platforms at this point yeah. so like i tend to not really have discs at all the most use i get out of the disc drive on my new the new two decks is i've been using it the library to just try out everything kind mm-hmm. of thing like i'm playing assassin's creed valhalla right now because it's free and I wanted to give it a shot, but I didn't want to pay for it. And guess what? Your local library will give you video games for free for a week. So go fucking take advantage, guys. That's fuck. Yeah. You want to talk about geek cred right there? Like, use your local library to your fullest advantage. <laughs> you can get books and shit for free on your Kindle. You don't even have to go to the library. Just get it online. It's nuts. Anyway. Yeah, so the OLED switch is coming out on October 8th. Same day as Metroid Dread, which is cool. I'm like... It's not really an upgrade to anything except for the screen, which is kind of disappointing. I was hoping for a little bit of hardware, you know. I think there is a talk. Yeah, there, there's no, they haven't announced anything in terms of like better processor or anything like that. Um, the only other thing they said was like that the, I guess the audio is going to be better. Like speakers are going to be a bit better, something like that. Oh, like on the handheld unit. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. On the, on the actual handheld unit. So yes. Yeah, so I think the, the reason, like I'm really lukewarm on this because uh, it doesn't do anything to affect the performance on in docked mode. 
like yeah. docking this unit makes no difference which version of the switch you have which like i don't play it in handheld mode ever i would absolutely if i was more of a handheld player be in line for an oled display because the oleds always look a million times better than an lcd screen yeah. but for me now like my switch is fine until they do an upgrade that actually like upgrades what i get on my tv yeah like makes it makes it 4k or something yeah like if it had like because the rumor going around was they were going to implement like do a dlss implementation and let nvidia's super sampling technology in the dock do 4k i'm Mm -hmm. assuming this is the feature that will be in switch 2 to allow it to continue to kind of compete on the tv when otherwise they'll be fucking way behind what the yeah. current system is going to be capable of in a couple of years. So either way, uh, yeah, new switch kind of feels like a, a new 3ds situation more than anything else to me. Yeah. Yeah. Point, so. Kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, Alicia plays uh, the, the switch more uh, in handheld mode than she does in the dock mode. So it'll make a difference for her. She's still playing the shit at a hollow Knight. Nice. Oh, hollow Knight. Oh, that, that game's so good. Yeah, she's been really enjoying it. The only other yeah, thing really- you did mention is Lovecraft is Lovecraft Country is not getting renewed for a second season. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. It's That's being left in the dust, which is yeah, yeah. I mean, it the show started really well and it's it fizzled out a little by the end of the first season, but I was still there for it. I would have watched more of it for sure. Yeah, I totally would have too. It sounds like the lead from it's going to be is Marvel busy now though. Apparently, he will be Kang going forward and it sounds oh, like yeah? Kang yeah, he's going to be pretty fucking busy through phase four, it sounds like. Right, yeah, well, he's the villain in Quantum Mania, the Ant-Man and the Wasp 3. He starts in Ant-Man, and if if I assume that Kang will be a bigger villain, like, they're not going to fuck around with Kang. Kang's usually an Avengers-level guy when he when they ramp up to him, so yeah, I'm assuming they're not going to waste him. Plus, they got that actor who's just, like, exceptionally talented, so yeah, may as well get a May as well get a new Avengers movie out of him, you know what I mean, at the very least, and do a good Kang story. It'd be fun times. <laughs> Even though we just did time travel in the last Avengers movie. You can always yeah. do more time travel, I guess. Well, and we're doing definitely doing time travel right now in Loki. Oh and that's, my God. that's yeah. been the other kind of theory that's been going around, too, is that Kang might be the big bad that's behind the TVA and, and Loki and shit, too. Well, that big cloud from this week uh, is in the comics, generally one of Loki's or uh, Kang's lieutenants. And like there's oh, been yeah. a lot of Kang references throughout so far, like little references that I, I'm like, oh, I think that's a Kang thing. And then I'll go look it up and it will definitely be a Kang thing afterwards. Uh, Kang's one of those characters like. He's always like the fifth run of Avengers villain that they bring in kind of thing. Like you start with the team getting together with like Loki or whatever, because that's kind of how they always start. And then or eventually Ultron you get an Ultron or Ultron. And then you do like a big Doctor Doom story. And then eventually you get to like Kang and do some time travel nonsense out in space or whatever. Kang's not one that I usually like follow the team for, because by then they're usually like out in space and I stop caring. Basically. <laughs> but either way. Yeah. No, I'm excited to see how this all goes. That. I mean, I'm sad about Lovecraft Country, but like, yeah, with him being in there, and oh, what was the the actress's name who was in that as well? Journey Smollett. Journey Smollett, yeah, who, so, yeah, who played uh, with Black Canary yeah. in Birds of Prey. That's right, yeah. So she's obviously got tons of other shit she'll be doing too. Like they're both very busy. So yeah. it's Jonathan Majors is uh, who played Atticus on Lovecraft yeah. Country, who's going to be Kang, and at least starting in Ant Man and Quant- uh, Ant Man and the Wasp Two or whatever. What is that? Is it Ant-Man and the Wasp 2 or Ant-Man 3 or... (laughs) 
It's just Ant Man and the Wasp. Quantum Mania is the whole yeah. the whole title of it. Yeah, in the they're... third Ant Man film. So yeah, yeah. exactly. They, they don't want to get locked into one of those Dark Forces Jedi Knight fucking numbering conventions or God of War numbering conventions or some yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they start. Well, they didn't. I don't think they ever really numbered any of the originals except for the Iron Man movies. Like, uh, it was Iron Man and Avengers got numbers, but like even Captain Thor America, two. Dark, Thor two was the Dark World. Was it Thor two? It was, it was Thor two, the Dark World. I think. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I just watched them all. That was my. That's my geek of the week. Technically, that I just but, rewatched. But Thor Ragnarok was just remember. Thor Ragnarok. It wasn't yeah. Thor three. Because I was thinking of the yeah. cat movies, who were like First Avenger, Winter Soldier, Civil War, with no numbers in them. Right, ever. right. And then like Avengers, they stopped. They, Avengers two was it Avengers two or was it just Avengers Age of Ultron? Oh yeah, no, it was just Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah. yeah was, so like Iron Man was the only one that was like Iron Man, Iron Man two, Iron Man three. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. No subtitles or anything. Either way, we talk about Marvel for the rest of the fucking hour anyway. So that's like, true. You know. <laughs> you know what I mean, I'm fine with it. Yeah, that was. So, are we through the news for you? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Then uh, let's move on to Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. So this is the segment where we tell each other the nerdiest thing we did this week. Uh, Tim, why don't you start us off? So this past weekend, I because Alicia and I are both like fully vaccinated now, and my parents are fully vaccinated now. We went and spent the weekend at my parents' house in, in Brantford, which is uh, also where most of my comic collection still lives. So spent some time going through those old comics, and I brought about four long boxes back to Toronto with us that, you know, just to start getting the shit out of my parents' basement. That did not make much of a dent, but whatever. It's at least showing that I'm making an effort yeah. to, to get them out of their basement. Not yeah. that they need that part of the basement anyways. But And I also spent some time going through and like rebagging some of those old comics in like archival mylar instead of the you know two or three decade old like poly bags that in some cases it started like degrading because those things mm-hmm. are really only good for like 10 years or so. Yep. Yeah, it was a big, big old fucking just comic book diving weekend. Nice. Well, I kind of like had the same thing because I just I ended up I started rewatching the Marvel movies last week, and that's kind of my geek of the week. I did put a new, so I've I've started upgrading my rig, but we'll talk about that more when I finally get thirty ninety. Like they are available. <laughs> I saw one today available, and I could have picked it up, but I didn't feel like driving to Kingston, so mm, it's, yeah, it's one of those kinds of things. So it's, it's a bit of a fucking track. It's a bit of a hike for a three thousand dollar graphics card. You know what I mean? Like if I'm paying that much money for it, fucking ship it to me. You know. <laughs> but either way. Yeah, so I had my, like, I, we were talking earlier, like, when we started up, Tim couldn't see me because my webcam was down the back of my thing. I put a new hard drive in my rig and did some cleaning and stuff, put a new power supply in, in preparation for other hardware, for graphics cards and stuff like that. So that started, and yeah, I watched all the Marvel movies in preparation for Black Widow, uh, and also so we could review this with as much detail as I could possibly put into it. <laughs> so yeah, I just finished watching all of them, and i just going to say... I think they nailed it with these Marvel movies, guys. Like, really? after having watched all 24 of them again, uh, I think they've got the fucking formula down and they make good <laughs> movies almost every time. Yeah, I was going to say, it was a little rocky those first uh, few years. There's a little hit and miss, but yeah, was after, after, after the first three or four years, I think they got it got it down pretty you much. Know, once, once they got past that first Avengers movie, I feel like they kind of had it yeah. like on lockdown. <laughs> but yeah, the first, yeah. Incredible Hulk still like the worst, just like, odd duck weird movie out of the bunch of them but yeah i still would have liked to have seen more of i i liked edward norton's uh bruce banner i wouldn't mind seeing more of that 
I wouldn't trade Ruffalo for him. Is I think the thing with me at this point. Ruffalo works better as part of the team. Norton works more. Like it was more interesting as almost like a sort of art house comic book movie, almost kind of thing, right? Like it was more an exploration of, of you know banners like emotional state and that kind of thing than it was like you know here's a big fucking fuck off superhero movie which is absolutely fine but like yeah. it's not gonna work when you try and you're trying to tie this into a big right fuck off superhero franchise that's gonna be you know the avengers basically so yeah i don't like i don't have a problem with ed norton i just like i prefer ruffalo i think at this point actually after, after ragnarok i absolutely prefer ruffalo <laughs> in hulk, as hulk so there's totally that uh yeah that was like mikey it was just like new hardware i threw my back out and was like i can't really work anymore so i'm just gonna lay here and watch marvel movies and stuff <laughs> so that's what i did nice. So that's basically my Geek of the Week, which leads us nicely into our Meat of the Episode. So you can do your sting. Meat of the Episode! Soviet spy meat! Yeah, we watched Black Widow, guys. Guess what? Marvel <laughs> Big is surprise! Winding, Marvel is winding back up. We're going to be doing a fucking Marvel movie review once a month until the, <laughs> the end of time now. And I'm so happy about it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, we watched Black Widow. Well, I guess we'll start. So this is like Man, this movie was supposed to come out now. Only you know what? I should have had that up. I did, forgot to look that up because it was originally supposed to come out last year. Yeah, last like May or something like that. I think was the yeah. original release date. Three times from an original May 2020 release date. There you so, go. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it was May last year. Uh, now it's like it just came out this past weekend. So on July, I think it was ninth. It was released simultaneously on the in theaters yeah. and through Disney Plus via Premier Access, and it cost me thirty four something canadian to buy yeah. which i was happily obviously happy to do for a marvel movie <laughs> it'll get me to pay for digital movies very often so marvel you know you know what you're doing also a digital movie that has marvel and scarlett johansson in it probably a pretty good bet to get me to pen- spend 30 bucks so <laughs> yeah fair enough that's that yeah so i watched it on disney plus i'm assuming you did as well neither of us got to the theater to see it but why don't we start what did you think how you doing did you like it did you have a good time yeah, I had fun with it for the most part. I, it was, it felt like a fucking Bond movie, basically in the MCU. Like even more so than any of the Captain America, like yeah. you know, more spy, spy kind of movies did. That worked for the most part. There was a couple sort of characters that they were trying to make me sympathize with that I just couldn't, and it just kept like really give fucking bouncing my head around kind of thing yeah we'll talk about like marvel tends to have like the darker side of things and like then they want you to sympathize with some characters that like you probably just watch murder fucking babies and shit like that. yeah exactly so (laughs) i had some issues i had some issues with that kind of thing but like no for the most part you know it was just it was fun to be back in the mcu for sure there was definitely some things that kind of surprised me that i wasn't expecting Uh, There was some stuff that was like, okay, I figured this was going to be pretty much it kind of thing, especially based on the trailers and stuff. But no, it was, it was, I think in the end, it's like kind of a middle of the road, like, you know, uh, mid-tier Marvel movie for me, you know, is, is praising by faint damnation. I would take this movie over almost any other movie you would offer me. But if you put it in the middle of the Marvel movies, all of a sudden I'm scratching my fucking head. It's basically like (laughs) where I'm at. Yeah, I'm the same way. I really enjoyed it the first time through. Uh, I enjoyed it the second time through. I watched it twice now. And I was just like, I had a good time with it. I put the first time I was like, maybe a little hesitant and felt like maybe they were leaning a little too comedy heavy. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I feel like black widow should lean more towards the winter soldier side of the 
comedy yeah. spectrum, whereas there's less of it kind of thing. And then obviously that character is obviously Black Widow's in Winter Soldier, and that's why I want her to have movies that are like that, because that's the side of the Marvel Universe that I'm the most fond of, is the, the street-level guys who end up mixing it up with S.H.I.E.L.D., so, like in the spy stuff, so your Captain America's, your Black Widow's, your Spider-Man's, and Daredevil's, and all that kind of stuff, the guys who always get stuck on these horrible fucking missions <laughs> uh, dealing with this kind of crap. They don't get to go to space all the time. They get to, you know, deal with Russian mobsters who are trafficking children. Fun. Fun times. Either way, yeah, uh, I was 100% on board. Obviously, like, I'm a shill for Marvel, so, like, <laughs> I was pretty sold pretty easily. But, yeah. So, Tim, well, before we, like, actually give our thoughts about this, I hope you took notes. <laughs> I did. It's fucking dense. Because it is a dense. I was I was taking notes myself while I was watching it, and I was like, "Wait, you know what? I'm going to get Tim to do this. I'm not taking these fucking notes anymore because there's too much shit going on in this movie." So, why don't you walk us through the plot real quick, and then uh, <laughs> real quick, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eighteen <laughs> uh, pages of notes later. Yeah, exactly. So, the plot of Black Widow. We start out in a neighborhood in Ohio in 1995, and we see these two ostensibly sisters. Uh, one of who has blue hair because I remember all the fucking blue haired kids in my neighborhood in 1995. Don't you? I do actually. Yeah. I, yeah, definitely not in my na- in fucking Brantford. Yeah. Uh, so the, the younger girl hurts herself. Uh, Rachel Weiss comes and kisses it better. And I fucking wish Rachel Weiss would kiss my boo boos better. <laughs> fucking a right, buddy. <laughs> uh, and then the, hey, the I, girls like, go Rachel, back inside. Wait, like, since, since the mummy. You remember the mummy? Oh my god! Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember watching that movie. Just being like, I'm in. I don't even know what this movie's about, but I'm in love with that girl. I don't know what the movie's about. What's the yeah. movie about? Girl's way too pretty. Anyway, <laughs> they uh, they all go. Fuck inside. you, Daniel Craig is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> and they have dinner. I mean, I, I would fuck Daniel Craig too if you fucking yeah, for asking sure. me. <laughs> sure, I'd take Rachel Vice first. Let me tell you what. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, they they propositioned me for a threesome, and I I am fucking sign me up. (laughs) So they uh, this family all goes inside and has family, quote unquote, and they have dinner in the same like blue, like served in the same blue and white corning wear that every family in the eighties and nineties had. My my parents, we definitely had that shit growing up. It looked familiar. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, David Harbour comes in. He's the ostensible dad of this ostensible family. Basically tells them that they got to bug the fuck out because shit's going down. So they get all their shit and leave. And then they just stop to listen to American Pie on the way because it's uh, the younger daughters. Yeah, exactly. And look at a football game and like, you know, reminisce over America. May as well just fucking shot a McDonald's in the background too. Just get all your American (laughs) bullshit out of the way all at once. Don Henley and fucking football. Yeah, that they're not fucking eating apple pie and hamburgers on the on the drive. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they end up at like an airfield that looks to be abandoned, uh, kind of like you know secret airfield or whatever. They get ready to take off in a small like two engine plane. The dad flips a huge fucking dumpster out of the way of the plane. So at that point, he's clearly powered, and then runs and tries to get on the plane as the cops are running after them and shooting at them. And then the dad is shooting back. The uh, mother gets winged by a stray bullet, and then the older daughter who has to help the plane take off while dad is, like, hanging onto the wing, returning fire. Then they end up getting away and flying off, and then they fly to a military airfield in Cuba, and then the family starts speaking, like, either Russian or English in a Russian accent, one or the other. 
And then we figure out that the parents are like clearly Russian spies. And then they were tasked like with collecting some intel from some American company or military contractor or some shit. Well, they, they make reference later to the fact that, like where they stole the stuff from was a shield front that had at the yeah. time Hydra scientists working in there because in the mid nineties, as mm-hmm. we all know from watching 24 other movies. Yeah. Shield was infested with Hydra. Yeah. Shield, shield was lousy with Hydra agents through yeah. like most of its existence. So actually I was, I was surprised they didn't throw a shield agent in here at this point, like throw a Colson or uh Sam Jackson in here. Yeah, true. They could have done I was, that. I was just, I was like, Oh wait, we're we not doing shield. Okay, cool. And they kind of moved on from it. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. I was surprised they didn't throw that in there. Usually that's the kind of thing you'd be like, oh, there's Coulson because it's 1995 and he's not fucking dead yet or whatever yeah, exactly. the hell he is. Or, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, this is only, what, a couple years after Captain Marvel, right? So, uh, No, it's, this is the same year as Captain Marvel because that was 95 was as well. Yeah. I, I just watched Captain Marvel. Man. I thought Captain Marvel was like 93 or something. Nope, 95 because it's the same Well, maybe, year. maybe they're busy then with the Captain Marvel shit. That's on. probably the, that's probably the excuse is why they wouldn't be here. It's the same reason why like Iron Man doesn't deal with uh thor in the first one because they happen iron man 2 is happening at the same time it's an interesting choice that they decided to like make them the same year like why not just make this one 96 so it's like easier to know. figure out that you they gotta fucking make these like watch a lot watch throughs easier for us right so we clearly know whether watch captain marvel or black widow first the fucking timeline is tricky as it is right? <laughs> yeah, like exactly. just like me now parsing like what what movie to watch when Especially yeah. with this movie now, where like, it jumps this, around, yeah, through like three different time periods, really. But like ostensibly, the main thrust of this movie takes place after Civil War, and then the movie comes During, out after yeah. Endgame. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like this should have been this should have come out in Phase Three, which is something I'll talk about at the end. Like this, I like this movie, but it's in the wrong spot in the timeline. Like it should yeah. have come out after Guardians Two or something like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So either way. Yeah, so the two quote unquote daughters get drugged and taken away by these like communist Russian spies or whatever. And then we find out that the blue haired daughter is actually Natasha Romanov, who we all know as Black Widow. This was all like a front basically for the parents to get this secret data that they will find out what that is later. The two daughters get fucking human trafficked and to like the red room basically and sadly this is not the opening scene of daredevil where the human traffickers get the ever-loving shit beat out of them by matt murdoch (laughs) they try to lighten it up with a weak-ass fucking slow piano cover of smells like teen spirit yeah literally the worst of the hard rock songs covered in a mournful way ever like this makes the the zack snyder ones look tasteful yeah this one was pretty rough it was real Uh, actually took me out of the movie for about like 10 minutes afterwards i was like what the fuck are you doing this? Like, yeah, wait, also you're doing human trafficking shit. This is how daredevil started. Where's Matt? <laughs> yeah. Like this, this recent trend of quote unquote, popifying counterculture songs from our youth. I'm, I'm really very much fucking done with. Can we, yeah, just, what, can we just leave those alone, please? I'm really not looking forward to like the slow version of killing in the name of that's probably going <laughs> to be on top of fucking like the next DC movie uh, or whatever. I guaranteed there's also already some fucking like Gen Z asshole. That's not that I have problems with Gen Z, but that there is some fucking Gen Z fuck yeah. that's already done like a, a, a mournful piano cover of killing in the name. Yeah, I want to see. I want to hear "No Shelter" just done piano and like <laughs> with, the, with a mournful female vocalist or something. Yeah. Like, because that'll work, you know. So basically, during this opening credit sequence, they sort of gloss over and do like a peppy montage of the absolutely horrific things that get done to Natasha and her younger fake 
sister Yelena in the red room. Which was where my first problem with the movie arose, because that's probably a more interesting story than what we actually got. Like, I liked this movie, but, like, the story of, like, going up through the... It would be harrowing and awful to watch. Yeah, I don't think they a way more that, interesting. Really. They've done it in the comics, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, I've read I that mean, story they've gotten, yeah. yeah, they've gotten a lot... Yeah, they can get away with a lot more shit in the comics than yeah. they can in, in the Disney-owned MCU, right? So, yeah, right, exactly. E- so. Even before Disney owned the Marvel shit, like I don't think they really would have gone not in the movies. that dark. No. Yeah, not in the movies. On a Netflix show. See, they do the human yeah. trafficking shit yeah. on the Netflix shows, right? Like Daredevil touched on it. So like, again, yeah. why Daredevil should be touching the bigger <laughs> MCU. Also, the fact that like him and Nat hook up constantly, and it would have been really cool to see them interact at some point. Yeah. So there's that. Anyway. <laughs> Things that never will be. Yeah, sadly. So yeah, we get to see them like being conditioned to become killing machines and assassins in the Red Room program. Then we see grown-up Black Widow in the sort of middle fallout of Civil War. I think it's actually the end of Civil War. Like, uh, it sounds like it. They they had got after. The, it's like after they've arrested everybody on the airfield. Like they've got Sam and Ant Man and I right. Guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Cap yeah. and Bucky have taken off to wherever the they end up in Siberia to mm-hmm. fight the Zemo and Black Panther goes with them kind of thing. I know just like I said, I just watched all these movies. So yeah, she yeah. gets she stops Black Panther but stays behind. And I think this is after that. So like after the airport fight in Civil War, she takes off and yeah. that's where this scene kind of lands. Yeah. So here she's running from at this point Secretary of State Thunderbolt Ross, uh, where we get we get John Hurt coming back. Who she shit talks endlessly and is awesome. Like everybody yeah. just shit talks. Or at General least Ross. they edit it to fit to make it look like you know he's closing in on her or whatever. But then yeah. we find that he's actually he's actually like fucking twenty steps ahead of him and he she's nowhere near where he thinks she is. And yeah, she's yeah. the Black Widow. There's no way she's getting caught by the fucking yeah. scrubs that like work for her. Yeah, exactly. Which that was a nice little bit of yeah. editing trick kind of thing. I like that. And then we end up in Morocco with Yelena, who's the younger sister, played by Florence Pugh who's on a mission to track another spy who she like stabs in the streets but before the other spy dies uh, she sprays Yelena with like a red mist that instantly deprograms her and the dying spy hands more of her more more of this deprogramming solution I'm going to call it to Yelena and tells her to use it to free the other black widows Yelena immediately cuts out her tracking chip, like just fucking like snaps 100% straight out of it and deserts the other spies and runs off. And then, yeah, the other black widows are like, we have a deserter. And then the, this dude, Drakoff, who is the guy that runs the black widow program in the red room and everything. He activates the taskmaster protocol. And then we see taskmaster watching some video of, I think Hawkeye. Yeah, well, it's Hawkeye and Black Panther, I think, from Civil War fighting. Right, right, yeah. fighting each other. She uses some. She uses a little bit of everything. You, I saw like hints to everybody in there. Like she does the shield flip up, really obviously, like Cap, yeah. but like yeah, yeah. she does the and night twist, like Winter shit. Soldier, and like mm-hmm. she does the claws, like Black Panther, and some mm-hmm. of her flippy shits very Spider Man y. So yeah. yeah. She just she doesn't do much in the way of Thor shit, but I mean that's Thor doesn't really do anything fancy. He just hits you with a fucking hammer and it's a <laughs> yeah, god. Just so hits like, you with the force of like a million suns. Yeah, the same <laughs> as Hulk. It's like why is Hulk such a good fighter? He can't fight. Like well, when you get hit with a Mack truck, like you're going down. So yeah. yeah. Either way. Uh, so then we end up in Norway, which is where Romanov has been hiding in sort of the post Civil War 
yeah, fallout, fallout kind of thing. She's living in this trailer, and this uh, dude uh, who will later learn's name is Mason is napping there, waiting for her to come back. He's basically her fixer. Yeah. Uh, he gives her like new IDs and some mail from her old safe house in Budapest, not Budapest, Budapest. Yeah, it's funny listening to everybody uh, in this franchise pronounce that differently. Actually, yeah, because yeah. they use it constantly. Right, like that's that that Budapest joke comes back again and again since Avengers. And yeah. like nobody pronounces it the same way twice. Even like Nat and Hawkeye both and, pronounce yeah, it differently. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah, so she's watching old Bond movies in the evening. Her power goes out. She yeah, goes man, Moonraker. Some, yeah. <laughs> she dog goes to get dog some, shit Roger Moore stuff. Yeah. <laughs> she uh, goes to get some gas for her generator, but on the way she runs over like a mine or a bomb or some shit. Oh no, a rocket hits her. They shoot oh, a fucking rocket okay. at her. Yeah. Yeah. That was placed by Taskmaster. And then she's in a car crash that she pretty much just fucking kill her right there from the G forces involved. She does a number of things in this movie where the writers seem to have forgotten that the black she's widow is not, not enhanced in this universe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, she's enhanced in the six one six kind of, but like not in this universe that we're aware no, of. And she's she trained thinks, really well, yeah. but she is not, she does not have any, you know, enhanced invulnerability or anything like that. She takes some hits in this movie that would put fucking Peter or fucking like cap out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like those are fucking 25 tonners. Like those guys could pitch fucking trucks at each other. So yeah. 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 There's some weird shit in the writing of this, but either way. Yeah. Nat and Taskmaster have a fight on a bridge. Romanov figures out that Taskmaster is there looking for something that's in her car. She's not actually there looking for Natasha. It was and it was something that was part of the mail from Budapest, and then uh, Natasha gets away with what it was, and it ends up she being gets that kicked f- off the fucking bridge. She does get kicked off the bridge, yeah. but uh, before she does that, she ends up grabbing what it is that Taskmaster is looking for, which is that deprogramming solution, which yeah. just so happens to be bright ass red because red room. And I mean, this movie be, everything is red and black in this. Yeah, movie. it has to be bright ass red. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Romanov goes back to Budapest and breaks into her old safe house, uh, but finds it occupied by Yelena. And then they have a fight because they're not sure if they can trust each other. You know, Natasha's not sure if Romanov is still part of the Red Room protocol and everything. On watching that that fight back the second time, she holds back like crazy. Like she's not swinging at all. Oh, yeah, for sure. You can see her. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's totally like tanking the fucking hits and stuff like that and just letting her like work it out. Cause like I don't think. I mean, I'm, I'm sure she's a great fighter, but this Black Widow has been training with Captain America. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> been, yeah, has been, you know, fighting with the Avengers and trying to keep up with all these, like, crazy super-powered beings for the last, like, I what, mean, five years or whatever. And doing quite point. well keeping up with guys like Cap and, like, Tony in his armor and shit like that. So, yeah. like, Well, yeah. just, somebody has to show up Barton, right? Well, I mean, Barton's useless. Let's face it. <laughs> so... Speaking of which, here here we actually hear the fucking story of what happened yeah. in Budapest. Finally, after yeah. having had it teased for twelve or years, whatever yeah. years at this point, yeah, uh, how her and Barton were tasked to take out Drakov, and ultimately Natasha ended up killing or attempting to kill Drakov's daughter in order to bait him into ex- exposing himself or whatever phrasing. Yeah, and then some of the other Red Room spies. I don't know. I yeah, I guess I'll just call them Black Widows. Uh, oh, yeah, some of the other Black Widows. Black Widows. Yeah, yeah. Drop through the ceiling and try to take them out. Uh, Yelena triggers a booby trap, and then they have a big fucking action sequence as they try and get away. You know, fucking running and this movie moves at like a, a fucking 
clip like it is like in parts it does yeah i mean like the beginning especially this first hour where it's like action 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 and then it's like hey the family gets together let's slow it down and talk for an hour (laughs) exactly yeah it's it's kind of weirdly paced i mean it kind of works but it's it's definitely not conventionally paced let's say no yeah yeah i was noticing that the first time even the first time i watched i was like this feels weird like i felt like we were balls to the wall for like an hour and then like what and then yeah, and, and all that was set up too, right? Like I felt like we had like I felt like the movie had no act two. No. I felt like it was like an hour and a half of act one and then forty minutes of act three. Oddly better. Like I, I actually didn't mind that oddly enough. No, oddly it, it, it didn't it wasn't, you know, it worked for the most part, but it just it, it's it's jarring because it's just not what you because these movies, for better or for worse, you know, they're they're great. They're formula, a lot of them yeah. are great, but they are pretty formulaic. And this one yeah. does kind of break formula to a large extent from from a lot of the others, especially well, I mean, the like, others. Like once they did really hit their pace and were like, OK, this is what works, you know, regardless of what the story is. This is we got to make it fit into this formula, you know, whether you know, whether it's, act, you know, it still had the humor that I feel is maybe a little bit it's not the tone. in the yeah. phase, like the phase three kind of like everything is a joke. Almost like the stuff you complain about in Ragnarok. I would almost yeah. start to complain about in this one. Yeah. Specifically. Cause I, it's more that I just fucking don't like David Harbor particularly. And like, I just like, I find him goofy. Like I can't mm-hmm. take him seriously in anything. Yeah. So when he was doing all his stuff in here, I was like, Oh Either way. yeah. Yeah. That got to be a lot. So black widow during this whole getaway scene has another fall. Well, I'll say Romanov cause they're all black. Widows. This is the fall that I was like, Holy fuck. Yeah. Has another fall here that definitely should have fucking killed her. Like she yeah. shattered ribs and spines and all oh, my back hurt. And- like just watching fuck. that fall. My back was in pain. So I don't know. <laughs> and then after that, she sees one of the spies be commanded they're controlled to like kill themselves yeah. basically. Uh, then they get on a motorcycle and they're being chased by an armored vehicle and more of the black widows on motorcycles. They hijack an SUV chase continues. We find out taskmaster is in the armored car. He bounces an explosive arrow off the fucking road, like Hawkeye, Hawkeye. style yeah. and uh, blows the car sky high ends up falling down some stairs into a subway station. This is time. Number three that Romanov is dead. And just just pulped into a million pieces. But actually, they get away. Then we find out. Oh, that's where we find out that Natasha had actually killed Drake or attempted to kill Drakov's daughter in Budapest. She thinks she actually killed her. We'll get to that later. And uh, they have a bunch of back and forth banter between Natasha and Yelena about the solution that Yelena. Yelena sent that solution to Natasha to keep it safe kind of thing. And then Natasha like fucking. Did the uh, what was what movie was it? Last Which of the Indiana Jones movies? It's the last is it? say, it's the last yeah, say. The last yeah, the, 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 the grail battle. Yeah. yeah, she does the grail battle yeah. gag where she brings it exactly back to Yelena, which yeah. is exactly where Yelena did not want it to be. And she almost has exactly the same line Sean Connery does too. Where she's <laughs> like, "You brought it back here? What the fuck? You fucking like, idiot!" Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so we have this whole exposition thing where we find out more that this solution can deprogram the Black Widows and everything. And then we go back to Mason and they set him up with this old shitty Soviet helicopter. And then we catch up with Alexei, who is the father, who we find out here was, well, no, I guess we found out earlier he, that he was Red Guardian 
this like this is where we were like really find out that he's like, yeah for sure that, like, they yeah calling that, him red guardian and we see the fucking toy and shit like that yeah like, exactly yeah. We, we find out that you know he was like specifically find out that he's powered like we saw him flip the thing so like we suspect but now we're like oh he's a super soldier and all that kind of stuff they give him the backstory yeah so. yeah exactly so he he's we find red guardian slash alexi in the soviet prison or gulag whatever the fuck you want to call it telling stories about this fight with captain america that never fucking happened and uh he definitely just shatters some dude's arm straight up for accusing him of lying about the fight, which he yeah. absolutely is lying about. Well, yeah, clearly because uh, Captain <laughs> Ice to like 2010, yeah. he's talking about like a fight in the eighties. So yeah, like, exactly. Well, who he might've fought was the winter soldier, which is <laughs> kind of thing. so, so then Romanov sends him a red guardian toy that has a little transmitter in it. And they're like, we're going to break you the fuck out. And they break him out of this gulag in a big old fucking action set piece involving an avalanche and the helicopter and everything. And then Alexi and the girls have a big back and forth in the helicopter about like how Alexi was actually the first Soviet, their first and only Soviet super soldier. And then Drakov threw him in prison and how they're looking for Drakov in the red room now. And Alexi doesn't fucking know where it is because he's an idiot. Nobody would trust him with that information. Yeah, this is where the the, uh, the infamous, the now infamous joke about uteruses being removed is yeah. also, uh, which apparently they took a bunch of shit for and Florence Pugh like fought for that to stay in. Good. They wanted it to be in there. So I was like, yeah, man, I was, I was laughing my ass off of that whole bit, though, because that was the that was the part where i was like no i don't want to laugh at this dude he's a fucking piece of shit oh uh, no but i was laughing at her like yeah like her no, the, her, her they, bit was them fantastic. yeah them tearing a piece out of him is yeah is, oh yeah is is uh pretty fucking entertaining well he's still he's just he's just playing a russian version of the same fucking thing he does on stranger things in this yeah like, he's just he's this playing russian dumb shit and i'm russian, just like I'm, yeah, russian idiot hopper basically yeah like i'm over i want to watch fucking cat beat his fucking ass you know what <laughs> I mean? yeah go toe-to-toe with the winter soldier let's watch you let's watch that fight yeah, that last 13 seconds <laughs> and uh, alexi's like yeah i don't know where the fuck it is but it says that melina who is the woman that was pretending to be their mother was still alive even though like they thought that she died after getting shot yeah, she was shot escape from Ohio. Escape. Yeah. Yeah. And the, she's still alive and she's still working for the Red Room program on like a farm near St. Petersburg. So they had their Alexi assures them that they got enough fuel to get there, but they fucking don't. So they crash in a field like a couple miles away or whatever from Molina's camp. And then they walk the rest of the way where and then Molina spots them before they get there. She's training pigs, making them run through mazes and shit like that. They have this whole forced reunion scene where the most horrifying fucking scene in the movie because Molina shows how she can control pigs and just make them stop fucking breathing which yeah. is like absolutely horrifying I was sitting there like no this is terrible this is the I this is the worst thing that's ever happened in a Marvel movie. I don't want this take it out. Please remove it. I don't know if this is the worst thing that's ever happened in a Marvel movie like they they showed World War 2 in the Mar- in Captain America Tim like there were Nazis happening. <laughs> so but this is, I mean, I'm not super, like, keen on any, I mean, there's a lot of, like, child trafficking going on in this movie. Yeah, it's not good, also, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. like, there were Nazis in trauma. the Captain America movies, too. So I'm just saying that this may not be the worst thing. As of right now, this is the most horrifying thing <laughs> in my mind, because it's been a, been a year or so, year or two since I've watched all the other Marvel movies. That has also, Thanos, just so we're clear, Thanos snapped half the population of the yeah, universe. Yeah, like, they just, they just disappeared. <laughs> like, that was totally painless. Now you could, you saw people getting snapped.
snap. Peter Parker did not look like he was in no pain when he disappeared. He's so, in emotional pain, but not. I, the well, spider sense was going off also, so That's there's true. that. From. Uh, and also, we have that uh, scene from the trailer where Alexi squeezes back into his Red Guardian costume. Yeah, I needed that. I needed those on. shots. That's the shots I needed. Like, yeah. don't don't let me see the girls get dressed. Let, let's watch fucking David Harbour get dressed. Great. Hey, I give this movie fucking full on props for like not sexualizing black any of the Black Widows really at all. There was enough ass tracking shots in this movie to satisfy the staunchest pervert. Yeah, the, the, but like the costumes weren't like overly form fitting or anything like that. No, I was actually kind of surprised. The only one who seemed to have like the super tight like Black Widow costume on was Scarlett Johansson. Everybody else looked like they had like generic uniforms they were wearing. Yeah. Scarlett's looked tailored. Everybody else looked like they were like exchanging outfits. Yeah, but there also wasn't like a scene where like one of the Black Widows was like seducing some target no. or some shit no. either, which is also like fucking dubious consent at the best kind of thing, right? Well, I started, started getting all that dollhouse stuff. Yeah, so. yeah, very much. Uh, so Alexi and Melina are trying to make this like a big quote unquote family moment, but Natasha and Yelena are just having fucking none of it. Like, no, you two are fucking human garbage that have done terrible terrible things to people well they're having they're both having kind of different reactions to it natasha's obviously having the staunch avengers reaction to it whereas like you two people are fucking monsters and ruined my life and like i would rather not have to deal with you and elena's having the you guys were my family and like i don't like just fucked off and ditched me and yeah yeah. so i don't know she gives natasha shit for that too in the scene like before they get to alexi she's like trapped like trashing her for not coming to get her so that she could go stay off and play with the Avengers or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, she, I like that. Thor I like, I like the, thing. yeah, I like the Elena and Natasha dynamic for sure. Yeah. That, that was played pretty well. Yeah. And then Natasha finds out from Melina that her mother didn't actually give her up, but her mother was trying to like find her. And then Drakov had her killed. So as not to compromise the red room. Yeah, Which, that Harvey Weinstein looking motherfucker. I was glad yeah. he got ganked at the end of it. So. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, the, let it. Yeah, the you know Marvel has weak villains thing is definitely not present in this movie. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was actually I was pretty happy with like the the villainy of that guy. He was a piece of shit, real so. fucking piece of garbage. I was disappointed with what they did with Taskmaster, but like we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah. There's there's been a lot of feelings about that, is my understanding. Yeah. Natasha and Melina have another like kind of forced tender moment, and uh, then Melina admits that she told the Black Widows that they're here, and we're supposed to believe that like it was a whole betrayal or whatever. We'll find out later that that's not actually what happened. Taskmaster arrives, and then she and Melina. I'm saying she. You'll find out who she is later. Uh, Melina actually capture the others and take them to see Drakov in the red room, which nobody's been able to find because it's actually a helicarrier knockoff. Basically. Yeah, it's, a, it's a shitty Russian helicarrier knockoff. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, it's like a ghetto helicarriers basically. Yeah, which, it's actually I mean, like in the sky. <laughs> just by saying Russian, I should imply that it's ghetto, but like it's a <laughs> ghetto Russian helicarrier flying fortress that weirdly looks like the inside of the TVA. Oh, still like it has all that kind of like it has yeah. some weird that's like they were shooting on location like the the loki guys were like you should take some fucking shots in here because yeah exactly <laughs> you know yeah this is right you know it's old outdated russian uh you know bullshit technology right that's, yeah that's yeah absolutely. all all stuck in the pre-fucking ussr kind of world. oh yeah yeah marvel loves that kind of stuff like 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 soviet russian technology mm-hmm. that's still running even though like there probably isn't any Soviet technology that is still po- capable of running because yeah. it was all put together with like yeah. gum and bailing wire. But, 
But we find out uh, once we get up into the Red Room satellite whatever thing that it is not really Come on, satellite. satellite they didn't get that fucking thing into yeah, space not, it's no. like it's in the clouds at yeah. best it's it's a shitty best bin it's the worst <laughs> best bin <laughs> shitty cloud city let's call it that we find out that uh, natasha was actually masquerading as melina using one of those digital masks that we've seen in the past movies and vice versa melina was imprisoned because they thought that she was natasha and the whole the whole conceit here is that Molina was betraying them and turned them into Drakov and the, the Red Room and everything. But so what actually happens is Natasha ends up face to face with Drakov because they thought that she was Molina. Molina and Alexei break out of the cells that they're imprisoned with. Yelena is about to have her brain cut out and examined so that they can like figure out how she escaped the conditioning. Works, yeah. yeah, exactly. But then Molina tells Yelena, that they put a blade in her outfit so that she can free herself. Then we find out that Taskmaster is actually Drakov's daughter. She survived the explosion that Natasha set off. And Drakov, like, put it, basically turned her into, like, one of the first, I guess not one of the first, but but turned her into an agent kind of thing. Put a chip in her neck and, like, turned her into, like, this ultimate killing machine that can mimic any fighting style that she comes up against kind of thing. You know what it reminded me of, actually? Um, okay, this, is not, this is not a great comparison, but what it reminded me of was Deadpool from the first Wolverine solo movie. Oh, yeah. Weapon X? Yeah. Or, yeah. Was that Weapon X? Uh, that's Wolverine Weapon Origins. Weapon XI? No, Wolverine Origins. But like in that movie, they make him Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deadpool, you know, and it sucks, and they still his mouth shut that's what yeah. it kind of reminded me of was like they reprogrammed wade wilson to be that that's what this reminds especially because like in the comics taskmaster is a fucking mouthpiece he's always snarking at you you're gonna fight him in spider-man eventually you may have no, I've already i've already met up with him yeah yeah he fucking talks shit the entire time and yeah. like that's what he does in the comics too like he's a character who's known to have like a he the reason why people were excited was because everybody thought he would be the ultimate like Avengers cold open kind of thing, right? Like a Bond cold open kind mm-hmm. of villain where you have him just like grandiosely like snarking and taking everybody out with their own moves and shit. But then he gets clobbered by the new guy. Like he send Peter in and he fucks up and knocks him out kind of thing. And then you go yeah. on with the rest of the story. That's what Taskmaster should be there for. This is a little weird, but either way, I liked it. Like it is it's part just, of this movie. I feel it's, it was kind of like a bait and switch, right? Yeah. It removes yeah. a lot of the personality that I was looking forward to from the comics in this, you know what I mean? Turning him in, turning her, turning Taskmaster into like a, a mute deadly assassin. There is a comic take that is like that, but it's not the fun one basically is what I'm trying to get at. So yeah. Then Romanov, I don't know how to tell this part of the story, but Romanov finds out that she presumably still has, Oh, she does at this point, I guess still has some conditioning that prevents her from killing Drakov. Basically she can't kill him if she can smell his pheromones. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the science on this because it sounded more dubious than usual for comedy oh, yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, it's horseshit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, it, yeah, I don't know. I mean, definitely the whole, like, you can't harm me if you can smell me kind of thing. But we find out, you know, it's basically all a ploy on Natasha's part to get him to do his whole, like, Bond villain arch nemesis yeah. reveal kind of thing. And she totally goes right back to her original line when she does that to Loki in the Avengers, right? Like she turns around and thanks him for his cooperation. Yeah. Which is like a line she's used repeatedly throughout the run of the movies when she like 
thinks like the the bad guy thinks he's got her cornered and starts ranting and mm-hmm. she's like oh wait i'm gonna turn this around on you now because i'm black widow and that's what i yeah. do you, we're yeah. gonna let you think that you have the upper hand where yeah, exactly. really i'm in control of the situation and yep. um, we find out that Dracov's actual plan is to land the red room the family quote-unquote plan is to like land the red room and turn Dracov over to the authorities Alexi's fighting Taskmaster. Drakov hits Natasha a bunch of fucking times and then shows off to him or to her like how extensive his network of Black Widows is, how much control they have. Basically, yeah, gets him to like reveal all his plans to her. And then Natasha's like, oh, thank you for that information. That was exactly what I wanted to hear. And the whole plan was basically that he was supposed to beat her until he broke her nose and like severed her her olfactory nerves so that she couldn't smell them anymore and that block would be gone but in a nice little tropes subversion, it's like he he wasn't strong enough to do that and so she just fucking breaks her own nose smashes her head against the fucking well, desk yeah exactly he's a, fat old, he's a fat old piece of shit harvey weinstein yeah. wannabe and she's taking punches in the face from captain america so like <laughs> yeah she clearly he clearly isn't strong enough to hurt her i mean especially in this movie where she survived like three car crashes at this point i mean there is that <laughs> i mean, actually actually i she survived some shit in the avengers movies that like yeah. you know you know what i mean <laughs> so like yeah she's pretty notorious for that kind of stuff it's pretty egregious in this when she's on her own and it's just like taking a beating that would put fucking Spider-Man or Captain America down and like <laughs> yeah. walking away. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. So, uh, so then she's broken the programming because she can't smell those pheromones anymore. So she just beats the shit out of them, which is pretty fucking satisfying. Melina yep. ends up in the engine room and blows up one of the engines. So that the ship starts to crash and then she goes to help. Alexi throw Taskmaster into one oh, of the, the, the control crash. It was like my favorite line in the movie. Yeah. She sounds so confident, even though everything's just like fucking exploding around. <laughs> yeah, her. exactly. Quote unquote control crash. Yeah. Yelena is going after the widows with the deprogramming solution, but she finds that they're not in the training room. She expects them to be in because they've all been called to Drakov's office to go after Natasha. The other widows end up in Drakov's office, Romanov fights them all, but like they overpower her. But then Yelena shows up with deprogramming solution wrapped around a grenade and she like throws it in the air and sets it off in the, and then that like releases all the other widows from their programming. Uh, Romanov downloads all the data about the identities and locations of the other widows from Drakov's computer. And then she does a real badass jump out of a window while the station's like fucking exploding all around her. Alexi and Melina steal a jet to escape and then they try. Yeah, then they're going to like go back and save Yelena and Natasha from the exploding ship satellite. Not actually a helicarrier thing. Shitty Cloud City. Yep. (laughs) Now Natasha tries to save Taskmaster Master because like she feels guilty because she tried to kill her and put her through all, all, you know, feels like she's responsible for all this shit. Let's her out of the cell and of course, you know, tries to do the whole like there's still good in you. I can feel it. Bullshit. Yeah. Because she feels guilty, but Taskmaster just tries to fucking kill her again. Yelena jams a staff into the engine of the ship that Drakov is trying to escape on, which kills that fucking dude, which is great. And then, uh, but then she ends up in like free fall. So Natasha takes a parachute and jumps and tries to save her. And then there's this whole like crazy free fall fight in the debris. Cause Taskmaster dives after them as well. Uh, Yelena floats to Earth safe on the shoot, and then uh, yeah, and then Natasha pulls Taskmaster shoots so that they kind of land safely. Although their legs are probably both 
fucking broken. And then we get big final face off between Natasha and Taskmaster and ultimately uses like the last deprogramming vial to snap her out of it. Natasha finds that Elena and Alexei Molina also all survived the crash. And then secretary of state Ross is starting to roll up again on them with troops. And then Natasha gives Elena the list of black widows and uh, the other widows show up. They came. There's a lot of jets. Is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, on a lot of people like, on, on shitty Cloud City had a lot of jets on it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> all like weirdly looking like budget Quinjets. Also, you know what I mean? They all yeah, look like shitty Quinjets. Quinjets. Yeah, Shit, so. yeah, shitty Russian Quinjet. Shitty Quinjet. <laughs> Tony would be so pissed after designing the real thing. You know? <laughs> fucking Russian. Yeah, he'd be like suing them for for fucking royalties, copyright infringement. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they all fly off together. So Yelena and Alexi and Molina and the other widows all fly off together ostensibly to go like free all of the other, or I guess, I don't know. Are they still under control if there's no Dracoff anymore? Maybe. No, no, but if they can go find them, they can create a black widow army. Yeah. Or they can like go tell them that they're free now kind of thing. This, like th- th- that stuff reads to me like, what you would do with Electra in the hand or like what they'd usually do with Electra in the hand where Electra takes off with the hand and then she kind of gets perverted and turns the hand back into an evil corporation. I feel like eventually yeah. Elena will be running an, an evil black widow organization and have yeah. to be taken down by like the young Avengers or some horse shit. You know what Maybe. I mean? Well, I feel like that might've happened in between this movie and the post credit scene. <laughs> Well, there's, I mean, yeah, there's also that. So, who knows? <laughs> uh, so they all fly fly off together. Natasha is left there on her own. I guess she also leaves before Ross and his troops get there. See, I was because... really confused about that whole bit because I'm like, were they not in Russia? Was the, the was shitty Cloud City not in Russia? So who's driving up to them? Is it the yeah. Russians driving up to them? Well, that's is, the is, thing. Like, is it is it an orbit? Did it America? start crashing and then the you know? It, yeah, the Earth kept turning and it landed somewhere else. I don't know where yeah. they were at the end, right? Because it's like just, Ukraine, maybe like just just outside of Russia or some shit. It does look like the traditional like long like strip of black SUVs with like shield lights, or whatever with lights on them that you would see in a Marvel movie. That's all shield people or whatever. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely yeah. that. But you'd never find out. Like it's a close up of Scarlet and then it fades to black and we go to the next scene. Yeah, and the next scene is. Uh, two weeks later, Natasha is meeting up again with Mason, who in this case has actually sourced a fucking Quinjet for her. Uh, yeah. So that's where she gets the Quinjet that ends up coming into play in Infinity War. Yep. And she's flying around in Infinity War with uh, with Cap and Bucky. Then she goes off to, yeah, then she goes off to basically do the shit that leads into Infinity War. Well, Cap War. and Sam, sorry. Cap and uh, Sam, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because Bucky is in Bucky's Wakanda. in Wakanda asleep. Yeah. Uh, the Avengers theme plays as she flies off, and then credits, and then we get the post-credit scene, which is Yelena and her dog Fanny, which is a throwback to one of the identities that Mason set up for uh, Natasha, Natasha Fanny yeah. Fanny Longbottom, yeah. and <laughs> which Natasha accuses him of being like you know cheeky, and he's like, no, that's a real name. So Yelena and her dog Fanny visit Natasha's grave, and this is post-Endgame at this point, which her grave says, daughter, sister, Avenger. Aw, lovely. They have family again, except I don't think Natasha ever really felt like those were her parents, but whatever. Also, I'm trying to figure out that they just, like, they just that's a tombstone, because, like, her body's still on Vormir. Yeah. So that's yeah, a problem. Def- but like, yeah, no, yeah, nobody went and actually got her body. I mean, Thor could have. 
Yeah. He's got the Bifrost, but I, you know he didn't because he fucked off with the Guardians right after. And then, yeah. actually, actually, no. Yeah, it was Endgame, right? When she died. So, yeah. yeah. He fucks right off with the Guardians. And is drunk the whole time. So, I mean, like... like yeah, Fat Thor. Yeah, he's too Thor. busy getting himself back in, back in fighting shape for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Oh, Love and Thunder first, I think, is what... Yeah, uh, right. Love and Thunder, yeah. Uh, there was set pictures of him, and he is... Oh, he's ripped in, to shit. He's yeah. back to Thor shape. So, yeah. old Thor shape, not new Thor shape. Yeah, but then... Contessa Valentina shows up again. Uh, we last saw her or for the first the... time, technically. Well, yes. Or... Well, I don't know exactly what the timeline is between those, but could be. This was the first yeah. time we were supposed to see her. Technically, yeah, 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 so. yeah exactly. This this would have originally been the first time that we saw her, but uh, because of COVID, Falcon Winter Soldier came out first, and so uh, yeah, we ended up with uh, seeing her with U.S. Agent first. I guess I wonder if they had to do some reshoots there to make, you know, to give her more of an intro in Falcon, Falcon uh, versus Winter Soldier. Probably, yeah, they may have had to go back and redo that just to make sure people knew who she was. Not that they gave her much here, regardless. I mean, we know she is now. This they could have cut down too, right? Like it could have been longer because they actually had to, you know, identify her here and like give her more of an intro here. But because we'd already seen her in Falcon the Winter Soldier, they might've cut down this this scene with, uh, with uh, Yelena. Yeah, Marvel's notorious for like chopping stuff down to like the barest thread, like just to give you a- as much information as you need and no more, so that mm-hmm. at, if they want to, they can expand on it later, basically, right? So yeah, so so we got Julia Louise Dreyfus here, fucking chewing the scenery again. Yelena is apparently working for Valentina now, uh, and tells her that her next target is Hawkeye, saying you know, claiming that he's the one that's responsible for Natasha's death, which is not really a fair assessment of that. Those events, but I mean, it's not like fucking Contessa was on Formir, so. Why well, don't you also? You don't know how much the Avengers told everybody either. You know what I mean? This like how much the yeah. world knows about what happened. Like really, what could have happened could have stayed between. Holy, I mean, the guys who were on the dock basically at like what was Nat's funeral, kind of in Endgame. Yeah, uh, where Hulk tosses the fucking thing. Yeah, so at this point, it's pretty clear that Valentina is setting up like her own counter Avengers team, like. Yeah whether it's going to be Thunderbolts or Dark Avengers or whatever kind of thing. Thunderbolt Ross is still involved. So like, I would hope they'd be pulling that Thunderbolt name for whatever. He is, but you don't know how involved he is with what Contessa is doing, right? Yeah. But you know, if you want to, you want to placate the man's ego, you name the team after him and then uh, (laughs) you get your government sanctioned Thunderbolts team, which eventually turns into Dark Avengers because that's what Thunderbolts is, is just rebranded villains. I can't, I I have no idea how they're going to, do that but like they're setting it up because there's lots of these characters floating around now that are ready for it so so i mean here like it looks like we'll clearly be seeing yelena again and maybe even taking up the black widow moniker which based on her performance in this i would be totally cool with because she was like i I would really like to see her take up that 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 helm or whatever what have you in the future she's uh she's black widow in the comics she's black widow too in the comics so yeah yeah, the, the only character that was identified as a Black Widow that isn't in the comics is uh, Rachel Weisz's character was actually Iron Maiden Melina. in the comics. Yeah, Melina oh, yeah. actually Iron Well, they, they, the do, they do frame her. Like she said, she's been through the Red Room program like four times or something like that. So she's like one of the original Black Widows, basically. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that is the plot of Black Widow. Cool. So, uh, where do you want to start? What did you like? What did you not like? What do you want to? What do you want to talk I mean, about here? You go first. I just talk forever. Well, I mean, for me, like, 
I went into this like I was I, w- I wasn't sure what I was expecting with this movie at all. So like mm-hmm. I was pleasantly surprised like sitting down to watch it. I definitely think the first time like I just don't like David Harbour is what I realized when I was watching this movie. So like his like the comedy sh- beats that they were doing with him. I was getting frustrated with the first time I watched it. I was like, how much of this shit am I going to have to put up with? We are flying past Guardians of the Galaxy levels of goofiness with this fucking guy. Well, and in this case, with a dude that like is just an absolute piece of garbage that turned over these girls that were, you know, that that looked up to him as a father kind of thing to to be horrifically fucking abused. Yeah, like yeah, surgically like, mutilated and like yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's fucking surgically sterilized and and yeah. shit and all of that. Like fuck, which you know they fucking glaze over in the opening credits, but did actually fucking happen. Yeah. <laughs> so like yeah, so I was like, and you were right. Like what you said at the beginning, or what you were talking to me about earlier, where you were saying like the the movie expects you to sympathize with some characters that are like complete fucking monsters. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit like the three leads that are not. Black Widow and even Black Widow ostensibly is like fucking murder like a million times over at this point. Is, yeah, but but I mean at the very least there I I can I can forgive a lot more adventure. there because they were con- yeah well because she was also conditioned right yeah like she she went through this horribly abusive process and everything like that whereas like Alexi and Melina are just fucking like nationalist Russian like you know fully bought into the yeah bought into the Soviet bullshit kind of thing right yeah well like she seems more like she was more conditioned and he seems like he's really rah rah like pro communist party like yeah crazy guy so yeah I just I can't yeah it's so hard for me to try and like view him as a sympathetic character in the least right yeah I kind of just didn't I mean we're in Marvel spy territory, which just means like shades of gray for yeah. me. Like that's all you're going to get. Yeah. I, but my problem is I just don't find him funny. So like I was, he, I, he grates me at this point. Like he was grading me all through season three of fucking well, uh, he, stranger things. And then in this, he's doing the same shtick just with a fucking terrible Russian accent. So I'm like, well, well, yeah, we, we talked about in season three, how Hopper was like a real fucking problematic dude, right? Like he was being yeah. really overly controlling and like really hostile towards 11 in that season and, and Winona, regard- he was, that's yeah. what pissed me off don't yell at my Winona god damn it yeah yeah so like yeah and it's just any time that they wanted to try turn this guy who I've just been watching do terrible terrible fucking things they're, now they're trying to work him for laughs I'm like no I don't want to fucking laugh at this guy he's a piece of fucking garbage yeah and like just trying to trying to convince me over and over that like oh even though we did these terrible things to you we really did you know, genuinely love you is like, yeah, you don't fucking love kids that you then turn over to a horrifically abusive government program. Yeah. <laughs> that is the very opposite of love, I think. Yeah. I would, <laughs> I would concur with that. Absolutely. Yeah. I bumped up against that too. So, like, that was something I had issues with throughout. And, like, thankfully, Natasha's there the entire time. Like, if she's not there, I'm losing a lot of sympathy for, like, the rest of the characters that are in this. Yeah. Because even like Yelena, the first time I'm like, wow, she's hostile. Like, I feel like she, at the very least, has but, uh, good reason to be. She has a reason to be, yeah. But either mm. way, I don't. The shot she takes at Natasha about like needing an ibuprofen when Thor probably doesn't. <laughs> like, that's that's the one that won me over. That was that was a good time. fucking line. No, she did. It was that and the flip thing, like the fucking thing where she's yeah. making fun of her for doing the poses. The I was fucking, yeah, the landing poses I, and the yeah the hair flips. Yeah, I mean it's an old joke where like de- like Deadpool did it first, obviously like making fun of the superhero landings over and over again. But like it's yeah, like yeah. 
it's an open shot to fucking take. So like, especially with Black Widow, who is notoriously like, and especially before this movie where they would just like sexualize her like crazy, like watching the evolution of how they treat the Black Widow character throughout these movies. Like when she introduced in Iron Man 2, it's like, look how hot this girl is. doesn't matter anything else about it. Look how fucking hot this girl is. That's all yeah. we care about. And then you slowly but surely get to like kind of know Natasha as you go along in the movies. But like yeah. at first it was just like, hey, look, we got Scarlett Johansson and she is in skin tight Lycra. Enjoy, <laughs> boys. And like that was the entire point of her being there. Yeah. Part of that just shows you, you know, how kind of how far society as a whole has come in the past, like, 10 years or whatever since Iron Man yeah, 2. When, you know, when Black Widow 2 was first introduced. And, you know, now we're actually getting movies that are focused on, a, you know, powerful ass fucking female character that more than passes the Bechdel test multiple fucking times over. Right. Oh, yeah. Probably. Like there's Yeah. Like we said, it's like more more female leads and male leads, like female directed, female produced. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah no i like i wouldn't even have thought about that shit twice if you hadn't told me any of it you know what i mean like it just it was just a marvel movie that fucking yeah. rocked for me so like i had a good like and that was the thing what brought me back to it was i'm like honestly like it, with all the problems i'm having with it it's still a fun comic book ride you know what i mean like it the first hour is paced like a mile a minute it just fucking clips until they yeah. get kind of together in russia it's- it's like crazy Bond movie shit, right? It's like all over the like all yep. over the fucking all world, like globe spanning spy shit. I'm like it, like intensely aggrieved that we're not going to see like they should have three of these fucking movies with Scarlett Johansson doing James Bond shit. You know what I mean? Like there should have been. It was like Spyfall in per- or Skyfall in particular, yeah. right? Like you know, yep. Bond is burned, like Yelena yep. or uh, Yelena and uh, Natasha, Natasha both end up burned, right? And then they're just on the run from the rest of the agency, kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. No, I yeah they should they should have done a ton of these movies because like oh, this yeah. Is, yeah like I would have this is the kind of thing that like in the Marvel universe I would have been one hundred percent on board for but I'm the guy who keeps saying like the Captain America movie should go back to that Winter Soldier tone like why are we not just doing that all the time like that's still your best movie boys I just watched all twenty four <laughs> of them and I can tell you still Winter Soldier <laughs> Head and Shoulders above almost everything else except for probably like the End Game stuff like Avengers yeah. So. And I, I guess that, like I said, while we were recounting the plot, like I think Pew and Johansson played off each other really well. That yeah. dynamic really worked for me. Yeah. Less so the dynamic between the two girls and the quote unquote parents kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, I appreciate that they showed Natasha and Yelena to an extent trying to like process their trauma and reconcile the fact that their lives and memories and everything like weren't real, but to an extent felt real to them kind of thing. And like that was, you know, it's not like it's the first movie to ever do that, but it's maybe one of the first like big old fucking blockbuster movies to ever really like dive into that territory. Yeah. The Marvel stuff, the last, like this phase so far seems to be, have just been like a bunch of people processing trauma. You know what I mean? Like just dealing with the bullshit that they've had. To yeah. Like one vision was like that. And talking like, winter soldier a little talking, bit less, yeah. but, but I guess, you know, still to, to an extent, cause yeah, I mean, Bucky especially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, yeah, yeah just Bucky not with who I was just not with of. Sam really as much. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah. like now, we're now we're dealing with that with Loki too. You know what I mean? Like Loki's kind of coming to grips with who he yeah. is as a person in that show. And like now, we're getting Black Widow. Kind of, we're doing a lot of character study stuff. I'm feeling yeah. like in Phase Four. So I we'll have to see how Spider Man turns out at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I need to see Peter do a whole fucking big introspective thing. <laughs> I don't think I want that Spider Man doing it. I think like if you took in 10 years i wouldn't mind seeing like a peter yeah. parker have a big introspective piece about him but like well that's kind knows? of what we got spider-verse right with uh, peter yeah. b parker yeah well exactly right so yeah. yeah 
I just want to make sure I don't miss anything. We, um, I do want to shout out uh, that that the person who plays Taskmaster is a name. It is Olga Kurielenko, who was in Quantum of Solace. She was the female lead in the second Daniel Craig James Bond movie. She's been in a bunch of other stuff too, like well-known actress. What else was she? Oh, she was in Oblivion with Tom Cruise and stuff like that. Oh, okay. so she's been in a bunch of stuff, but she was. Oh my God, she was in Max Payne. Oh Jesus! <laughs> and in Hitman. Oh, maybe no, she's a video. Don't, maybe don't, that's, don't put that on her. Maybe that's video game stuff. She was in Seven Psychopaths, though, uh, which was really good. And, mm. But yeah, most famously, she was in the uh, Quantum of Solace, which is the uh, sequel to the second James Bond movie with Daniel Craig. Yeah, I was gonna say the the dude that played their fixer. Uh, his name is Ot Fagbenle. I I recognize him just because he is one of the main characters in Handmaid's Tale. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, he plays. That's right. Uh, yeah, June's husband in yeah. uh, in Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, so I, I thought I recognized, but I've only seen the first that. season of that. So, yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean, we should talk about the timing because, like, that was one thing that they kept pretty well under wraps during, like, before release, like when this was actually going to be set. Oh, yeah. I was going into this thinking this was going to be like a full on prequel, like before we saw, before we even saw uh, Natasha in Iron Man Two. Oh yeah. I thought we were. I thought we were getting Budapest finally. I thought we were doing the defection story. I thought we were going to go way back to like how she. And came. we got kind of we that. Got that like story, we got it. Yeah. yeah, we got it told, but we didn't. That wasn't the main thrust of the movie, right? So, yeah, it was. It was interesting to you know come into this and be like, okay, where are they going? And yeah, obviously they show us like a deep flashback to the fuck deep flashback to the mid nineties. That makes me feel so fucking old. I know, right? But but uh, yeah, I liked how they kind of used it to fill in what Natasha was doing in between Civil War and Infinity War, basically. Yeah, because there's actually a gap there. Like you kind of know where everybody else is, but like those characters kind of like she specifically in they that just movie, fall like, off the grid. Yeah, yeah, she totally disappears from that movie specifically. Like having just watched it, I happened into watching it in the right order by accident. By the time I got to Friday, I was getting into phase three. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to leave this till like the evening, right? Like I'm going to watch this like at nine o'clock, like I'm going to see it at a movie. So it's nice and dark and blah, 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 blah. So I was still watching Marvel movies and I got to Civil War and then I realized I'm like, oh, this is the perfect spot for this movie to hit. And then I watched Doctor Strange and then I watched Black Widow and I was like, this is the perfect timing because yeah. it basically filed exactly where it should have in like the real time, like timeline, timeline kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah, it works perfectly in that space. And it's a nice break between Doctor Strange and Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which are two movies that I have trouble sitting through back to back. So would you watch it right after? I, I I think I might watch it like right after Civil War rather than yeah, putting Doctor Strange in between. Yeah. You could. Absolutely. It wouldn't change anything. If you put it anywhere in there, a lot of phase three is pretty nebulous in terms of like where you can yeah, watch Do- it. Doctor Strange is kind of standalone. Yeah. Well, because they mentioned him in Civil No, they mentioned him in Winter Soldier. So like you could even part of his story can go back you can kind of link it back past mm-hmm. phase two because they mentioned him early on, but yeah, no, like this, this fits right into like, you could put it anywhere in phase three after civil war and it fits perfectly basically. Cause all those movies, again, it's like, yeah, you get civil war and then it's Dr. Strange guardians Two, Spider-Man, captain Marvel, ant-man, and then like, and like infinity war. So like anywhere in there, yeah. you put this black widow movie. Perfect. Yeah, I just like I like that right between Doctor Strange and Guardians Two, where it breaks up <laughs> yeah. that little run. Because I Guardians Two is a, a difficult both, sit both for two me. like kind of out there out there yeah. movies, yeah. and also just like not my favorites of the bunch. So yeah, and I think it works pretty well as a standalone movie, but there are enough stuff to help it connect to the wider MCU sort of thing. Like this is a movie that like 
I could probably, yeah. I know my parents haven't seen all the MCU movies. Like they've seen the Avengers movies and they've seen yeah. some of the other movies kind of thing. But like, I feel like they know enough about Black Widow that I could probably put this in front of them and they would be like able to follow it. Yeah. My parents are watching it right now, actually for the first time. Oh, yeah? So like as, <laughs> as we're recording this, they're sitting downstairs and watching. Yeah. yeah, no, it, it fits like nicely in there and it's pretty, I think, yeah. Cause if you take out all the stuff that we want to see, I mean, like we want to see the, the whole movie, but like the stuff that we're interested in in terms of like the continuity of the MCU at this point and where this falls in. And you just take the main thrust of the story. That's just her dealing with like the red room and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It has no, it's completely standalone at that point. The only thing that ties it in is that it happens to be like, she's walking out of a civil war at the beginning of the movie and then walking into infinity war at the end of it kind of thing. So yeah. there's that. Let's see, I want to call it the fight choreography because I thought it was really fucking solid. Like it this really, movie looked really good, actually, like all around. But like, yeah, I was gonna say like every fight was solid and like f- had felt like weighty and yeah. It really elaborates off of Black Widow's fighting style from the other movies, but goes more in depth into it and kind of it's you know it is very scrappy, like rough and tumbly, kind of like the the way they shoot the movie. I mean, we've we've compared these to Bond movies already a bunch of times, but like the way that they shot the fights felt really similar to the daniel craig bond movies as well for me well the, what i i pointed to a little bit more was the born movies in terms of like the way the fights yeah, were shot. yeah like, i think i've only ever seen rapid. one one of those born movies and so okay. i don't have that same frame of yeah they're a little bit more like like you get in tight and like fast cuts mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff this the the mcu fight style is i i would it's hard it's weird because we talk about like choreography styles and stuff like that but like it's very much from like the john wick line because chad stanowski who is the director and creator of the john wick series is a stunt coordinator on these movies like he worked on winter soldier and civil war he probably worked on he may have worked on this who knows they can afford to get anybody in to do whatever they (laughs) want at this point it's disney and marvel and if scarlet's involved and she wanted those guys back because i'm sure i'm i would imagine they probably helped build a lot of the choreography for the black widow character early on why not bring them back kind of thing because they obviously knew what they were doing but yeah no they do a great job with the like the fight choreography in this she's kicks the shit out of everybody and it looks awesome i like watching her flip around and just beat the shit out of guys yeah and there was a lot of that sort of like really spyish using using their environment to their advantage yeah. kind of thing too which was a That's lot of more and, stuff a lot of the boring yeah. stuff was like into that close quarter combat like hitting him with whatever you got like the first movie was it there's a scene in that movie where he gets into a fight and he uses a book like he just grabs a book and puts it in the guy's throat and punches the book into the guy's throat. And it's actually Carl Urban he's punching when he does that, I think. Mm-hmm. Carl Urban's in the first Bourne movie, like, is a no-name kind of thing. Right. It's like now, in retrospect, you're like, oh, shit, that's Carl Urban. He's, like, fucking murdering yeah. in this beautiful Parisian apartment. But either way, it, yeah, it's got a lot of that. So, like, the Bourne movies go kind of and feed into that Daniel Craig stuff. Like, the Daniel Craig movies are a response to the way the Bourne movies were made, mm-hmm. which, like, in turn, obviously feeds, like, all modern action like yeah, yeah. the John Wick and now into the MCU. So like, that's just the style of all this stuff happening. Yeah. And there were some really great action moments in sort of non, non fighting moments too. Like the one that really stuck out for me and was like, made me sort of do like a, Oh shit. That looked like it really fucking hurt was Yelena kicking the door off the SUV and like taking out one of the <sighs> motorcyclists with it. Yeah. It's like, there was some good stunt work awesome. in this, man. Yeah. yeah, there was some really good stunt work in this. I was pretty happy yeah. with it. And, and a lot of it seems like it was done practically, too. Like, the, the effects were serviceable when they were used, but it was noticeably lower budget than a lot of the other MCU movies. Like, there was oh. a lot fewer 
CGI shots and there were no CGI characters. Like there might have been a CGI model of one of the characters oh, yeah, used yeah. here and there, but there was no character that was fully CGI, which like I can't remember the last time we've had a fucking Marvel movie where there was no fully CGI character, right? I can't think anymore because I'm like going back through like face. Like the, the Avengers all. movies all have full yeah. CGI characters. Like, yeah. Spider Man basically is a full CGI character now once they put the mask yeah. on him anyway. Like, they don't even, like, yeah. Iron Man's full CGI at this point when he's got the mask on and stuff. Like, yeah. all those characters are basically like, it's all it's all cartoons at this point. You know what I mean? Like, make the, the, the distinction between live action and. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Black Panther half whatever. the time is fucking full CGI. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, all these characters, yeah. once they put the mask on, they're like basically video game characters. And yeah, you, it's funny just... you say this is low budget. Two hundred million dollars. They still spent low, on this low thing, budget right? for Marvel, right? Like by comparison, right? You know. Well, that's right. They did spend a billion dollars producing <laughs> uh, Infinity War and Endgame back to back. So I guess yeah, there's yeah. a little bit of a difference there. But still, two hundred million dollars not a small budget, uh, regardless. Yeah. What else? I this is more praising something for something the movie didn't have, which is just I appreciated that there wasn't there was no romance arc whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. She is. She's very like aside from uh, Hulk briefly they've avoided putting her in any romance in at all in these movies like they kind of yeah. hinted at her and cap but like that was more just because of that movie and there was a little bit of back and forth with her and, and barton at points kind of thing but that obviously like barton's got a family now so that's all well in the past yeah so like yeah like they've, they've kind of avoided putting that in any kind of relationship which is goddamn horseshit because she should be with daredevil wait never mind. sorry <laughs> but yeah and also that there was no like i said earlier that there was no case where they were like showing the widow widows like trying to seduce some dude or whatever because i know that that's something that you know in hindsight like going back on these movies that there's some people that are you know that say like yeah that was pretty fucking exploitative to just have a sp- in like iron man 2 like basically her just be like the sexy spy kind of thing yeah 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 no i was surprised they didn't do any of that kind of stuff at all like genuinely surprised because that would i mean if you're doing spy tropes and you're doing basically a bond movie and you don't have this sexy seductress scene in there i was like oh okay that's like a nice trope version at this point especially when your lead is obviously you know a woman so like let's not do that but Mm -hmm. uh given who produces these movies usually you would end up with it but like i (laughs) got fired and yeah. clearly because they're fucking making Good. fun of him in this fucking movie. And like, I bet you that the Drake off character was only a little bit Weinstein. I bet you there was some Pearl mutter in, in there too. Yeah, yeah, for so. sure. And for me, not knowing, not having the comic book background of taskmaster. Cause like I've, yeah. I've read some Marvel, but like he's what B C tier Marvel. Oh, yeah, he's kind a, of he's a total, he's, yeah. Like I, like I said, he's the guy who you use as a cold open. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he gets Spidey fucks him up at the beginning of an, an issue and then moves on to the next thing kind of thing. Yeah. So I think, I think the Spider-Man game where I only encountered him like a couple weeks ago is the first time that I've encountered that character. So I don't mm-hmm. have that history with the character in terms of knowing, you know, what, what his tropes and shit usually are. Yeah. So for me, I was cool with this version of, of that villain. Like maybe it doesn't suit the character. Maybe they should have called it something different or whatever, but like, I liked that character kind of as a villain like because it kind of seemed like the the quote-unquote like the amazo of the, of the like, MCU. They, they usually do this better like where they use a name and apply it to like a kind of different concept mm-hmm. um in the mcu this is the first time i can remember being like "Ooh, i'm looking forward to taskmaster just i like that character and then they and did they, they twisted it so much that it's not really taskmaster anymore yeah so i was like this is a little disappointing because it just kind of feels like th- he, she, she, Taskmaster. She. <laughs> yeah. They, and, well, that was the thing when I was t- writing all my notes. Like, I didn't know that it was a female. 
yeah. character. Well, so, yeah. like, I had I had he all through my fucking nose. So did I, because <laughs> Taskmaster in the comics is a dude. So, like, I was yeah, calling... So it was Jason Masters or something yeah, like that? Yeah. I, I, I so, I was writing he, 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 and then at the end, yeah. they, like, flip it. And I was like, oh, it's, that was always... Oh, all right, this is going to be confusing. But either way... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, that that I mean, I got hung up on that just because I was I'm fond of the character in the comics. I didn't hate this, but it just kind of felt like Winter Soldier two to me. You know what I mean? Like just another program super soldier kind of thing. Yeah. So it, it didn't feel like that. It felt like familiar ground for MCU to tread. Yeah, because I, I liked how they did it. You know, like the shtick is that they can mimic any fighting style that they yes. see, and I, I liked how they did that with the uh, the heads up display on the couple of shots that they did it yeah. in, where they were like showing, you know almost like animation points kind of thing on Tasha's body and being like, Oh, here, you know, she's projecting that she's about to do this move or whatever kind of thing. And here's how you can counter it and all that kind of stuff. That was kind of cool. I wonder if they stole that tech from Tony because he used that in civil war. It looked, I mean, it looked kind of like a, yeah, one of his uh, heads up displays. Yeah. I don't know. He uses the same shtick in civil war to beat cap. Like he has the suit, right. Do the thing. And then, yeah. So I was yeah. like, that was interesting. Yeah, like I, I like I said, I had like my problem with it was just like I have familiarity with the character in the comics, and this wasn't that character, and they did something different. So like, All right, cool, cool. I like yeah. like the actress who played it and everything. So fine. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. See. The only other thing I want to uh, call out is like I, I just really appreciated the amount of actual location shoots they were able to do, and maybe yeah. this is just because I've been fucking stuck at home most of the last like year and a Two half. Years, but like yeah. the fact that they actually like did the shots in like Norway and Morocco and the other ones like Budapest, they actually uh, shot yeah, Budapest yeah. and yeah. Uh, and then a lot of the interior stuff, like they, they did shots in, in Atlanta, probably well, definitely while yeah, I was still living there. Yeah. yeah they oh, used yeah. Pinewood in Atlanta and they apparently also did some shots in some of those cities around Atlanta as well, like Macon and Rome, Georgia too. So sure. yeah, I did. This was one of those ones where I wasn't able to like pick out like, Oh, that's somewhere that I recognize kind of thing. Cause they were, you know, they didn't want that to really be the case. Although they yeah. didn't want that to be the case in Falcon Warner Soldier either, but there were definitely some very memorable locations they picked there. But yeah, it was well, just, I mean, like we've been watching the inside of that one hotel for the past like five weeks like, yeah. as, as Loki wanders around the TVA. This, this is true. <laughs> so yeah, there's that. The Marriott. And then I also saw in the uh, credits that there were, there must have been parts of it that were filmed in Quebec and Ontario and BC too. Because they got like credits, tax credits or whatever from those uh, areas too. When she when she goes to Norway, I the the first shot of her in Norway, I was like, "That's BC." Like they're clearly yeah. just outside being. Oh yeah, like, yeah, I think yeah. I've been there. Yeah, so like, yeah. Although they, they did actually there. film in Norway too. Yeah, it was the, well, so yeah. that's why when they, they shoot back to Norway, they show the mountains, and I'm like, "Those aren't BC mountains; those are yeah European." I was like, "What the fuck?" Because that first shot when she's out there, I was like, "That looks like." just outside Vancouver. Like, I think I've been there kind of thing. So mm-hmm. either way, who knows? She's from out there, right? Like Scarlet's Canadian from out West, right? Is she? I don't think I she's Canadian. She, I thought she was Canadian. Uh, no, she is. I was just thinking American that because she, she dated Ryan Reynolds. She that did one date thing, Ryan right? Reynolds. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. She's now married to Colin Jost. I don't know who that is, but he's, uh, he's one of the, one of the anchors on SNL. Oh, a week weekend update. Yeah, I mean, good for him. He married Scarlett Johansson. Piece of garbage. I mean, he's a he's a handsome dude on his own. Yeah, he's a good looking dude. Apparently, uh, she was trying to get him to read lines with him and shit like that, and he refused because he didn't want to have MCU shit spoiled for him. 
Uh, I mean, fair enough. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to date anybody who's in these movies anymore. Cause I wouldn't want any of this spoiled for me. I'd be like, "No, you're ruining it. This is ruining everything." Like, I don't care that you're Scarlett Johansson. Wait, I do care. That'd be very confusing. Let's just put it that way. I'd be very confused in that instance. Like, do I want MCU spoilers or do I want to date Scarlett Johansson? <laughs> but no, she was. Uh, yeah. She's born in born in New York. Oh no, fair enough. Okay, I don't know why I had her as Canadian. I just wishful thinking, I guess. Yeah, I did have a couple of other minor gripes um and this just seems one like one that just keeps coming up for me like fucking sloppy adr oh i mean fuck like there were there were clearly some lines that were like added in post and ones that i didn't really feel like were necessary or or weren't necessary for me at least like maybe they thought like oh you know idiot idiot like fucking you know shlomo joe kind of fucking dude is not going to get this unless we really yeah. fucking hold his hand so we're I gonna have to, to really like we're gonna have to put this in here kind of thing but i was like no you did not need to add that in there especially when the character clearly did not fucking say that and especially in the prison outbreak sequence in this it really oh, hit right. me a few times i that's been uh, a problem with movies this the last couple of years is like adr is out of control yeah um, is that just something like I, I feel like that's something that's just happening more these days. Is it they're, is. They're I'm, no, I, I'm noticing it more where like, I mean, I know like I, I specifically noticed those ones that you point out where it's clearly like, Oh, we think that this scene's not tracking properly for the fucking idiots in the goddamn audience. So we're going <laughs> to add this like back, like back of the headshot to this character. And we're going to paste some fucking audio over yeah, top of it. So know, we the, can the, explain for, for the Trump. We can explain, and shit, right? Yeah. So I was just going to fucking make a Trump over <laughs> joke. For the Republicans in the crowd, you, know I mean? you got to explain the plots of the fucking from beginning to end. Yeah. And they're still not going to get fucking vaccinated, so it doesn't matter how much you explain it to them. So what difference does it make either way? Welcome. Yeah. Stop fucking explaining it to them. It doesn't matter anyway. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, there's definitely, I mean, that's been kind of like, it's not just the MCU. It's fucking rampant throughout all these movies. Because like, like I said, I just watched it. And I've been really sensitive to that the last little while, like noticing those ADR cuts. Yeah. And yeah, this movie had a lot of them, but like, it's been pretty like, since phase three started, it's been constant. And yeah. like, it's not just these movies either. Like I remember we were watching when we watched Snyder cut. I, yeah. I every fucking Shit, third shot was a goddamn yeah. ADR thing. I was driving me crazy during that one too. Yeah. Well, it's anything, right. That, that they're, they're trying to market to like a really mass audience, right? Like they just yeah. need to make sure that they've got enough shit in there for, you know, the lowest common denominator that they're yeah. really fucking holding their hand. And that's why, that's probably why shit like fucking Blade Runner 2049 didn't do very well because it yeah, didn't, didn't do that same that. fucking handholding, right? It was like you got a director in there that's a fucking auteur and really like held on to his vision and creative control and said, no, you're not adding in this fucking handholdy bullshit because it's just going to dilute the impact of the movie for the people that will actually really appreciate the impact of the movie. That's like some of this is like 95% of the reason why I have such a problem with modern Trek. Like everything, ha- like yeah. we, we tell you the plot and then we stop to explain it to the fucking morons who are watching the show yeah. too. It's like, no, you don't need to. We're Star Trek fans. We understand what a fucking warp drive does. Like stop yeah, stopping the entire fucking process of this plot to explain to me what a warp drive does or what Black Widow's fucking gauntlets do or whatever horseshit because the fucking slow people in the back of the theater aren't paying attention. <laughs> Tough shit. Yeah. Fucking ca- catch up or you know what? Catch it on Disney Plus in three months because it's going to be there forever at that point anyway stop ruining my theater going experience <laughs> it's already on fucking disney plus well there i mean yeah this in this case it is absolutely yeah. either way so yeah and the the only other thing and we've gone over this time and time again with these marvel movies the score is just okay it's there 
Yeah, totally mediocre. But does like, does what it needs to do, but it's not overly memorable, and that's basically par for the course with like 80, 90 percent of the Marvel movies. All of them, literally all of them. I was yeah. in there watching Endgame, and I was like, man, this score is kind of mediocre compared to like what I would expect. Yeah, anything that's not the big fucking Marvel or Avengers fan, Avengers fair. theme. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, everything else is just kind of like there, and I mean, like, fine. Some movie, you don't. Not every movie needs to have a score that's like Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark or whatever, but like. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't you know, hurt. You know what I mean. Yeah. When you're on the other side of the aisle and you've got like you know those super memorable like Batman and Superman yeah. games and shit like that. Like I was, yeah, you know, I was just gonna bring that up. Like it's it is kind of jarring when like Marvel has absolutely no themes that are identifiable with almost any characters except for like maybe the Cap one. Yeah. The Cap theme is kind of identifiable, and then like ACDC is just Iron Man. Like that's basically yeah. like the music cues you get for these movies, right? <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, it's weird to have, like, I mean, Superman and Batman, and I guess arguably Wonder Woman now, I'll have kind of, like, scores yeah. that, like, are associated with them, like, like, almost iconically in Wonder Woman's case, but definitely iconically in the John Williams yeah. and Danny Elfman yeah. scores case, and nothing on the Marvel side has any of that. Even the stuff that Danny Elfman did for Spider-Man got tossed for the second series of Spider-Man movies mm-hmm. when they did the Amazing series, so that's long gone now that we're into the third fucking reboot of yeah. fucking Spider-Man, so I don't know. Either way. Yeah, so that's it. Let's uh, rate and review this and we can uh, wrap this episode up. So I feel like just because I had issues in terms of the characters that they were trying to get me to sympathize with, it really did detract somewhat for me. It was fun overall, but I really do think it kind of falls like somewhere in the middle of the pack for the MCU movies. So this is like seven and a half out of ten, I would say for me. Yeah. Okay. I would would say I'd written eight and a half out of 10 for me but like i'm a marvel shill so that's fine <laughs> yeah i yeah it wasn't like it's not my favorite movie i tried i sat down and actually was like trying to think where it would fall in like if i was going to rank those movies and it yeah very much like rate kind of in the top middle basically mm-hmm. like it's not in the same league as like winter soldier or Endgame or like the first iron man or yeah, it's maybe like, like sitting around like ant-man or like the yeah the first ant-man movie or where do like, i have it I have it like uh, right around Spider-Man Homecoming or like the first the first Captain America movie or something like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I have it in that kind of general vicinity, like around number 11, I think, is where I've got it right now. Out of like 24 movies kind of thing with Thor, the Dark World and the Incredible Hulk being at the absolute bottom bottom, of that list. Winter Soldier, uh, Iron Man, Infinity War and Endgame being kind of the top of that list, basically. So, yeah. yeah. And I'm going to say, like, I'm not going to lie. I got a bit of a fucking chill when I saw that Marvel opening sequence kind of thing in front of a feature movie. Yeah. yeah, For the first time in in like a year and a half kind of thing. That was that was a a nice thing to see and, and, you know, made me feel like, oh, God, we're actually finally coming out of this fucking the darkest timeline of the last year and a half. The only twinge I had was that I wasn't at a theater to watch it. Like that was the only yeah. thing that I was like, ah, yeah, this could be. I did have a, a bucket of coke, but I didn't have my like movie yeah. theater popcorn there with. Yeah, me. I had I had like store bought movie theater popcorn. And it wasn't the same as like yeah. getting the real deal. So Shang Chi <laughs> is in September, and we will be at the theater for it, motherfucker. Yeah, absolutely. I am double last time going to the movies to see that movie. Absolutely. So either way, uh, yeah. So Black Panther. I mean, I've Black Black Panther. It's not Black Panther. This is Black Widow. These names are going to get confusing because it's Black <laughs> something. From yeah. here on out. Yeah. Either way. Scarlet uh, Witch. Yeah, Scarlet. It's colors and something. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna get a Scarlet Spider eventually. It's just gonna get fucking confusing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I hope they don't do Ben Riley in the goddamn movies, but like at this point, it <laughs> fucking knows. I'll think it Miles. Just do Miles first, boys. You know what I mean? They'll then just do reboot ben. it again. Oh, I'm sure. 
I'm sure. If they reboot it again, they may as well just go with Miles and just call it a fucking day. Like, just oh, leave yeah. Peter Parker alone for a little while and just go with Miles. That would be the way to go. All right. Geek cred time. What are you going to recommend to people this week? Aside from Black Widow. <laughs> My geek cred for this week is Virtual MythCon. So this is an online event that is happening July 31st to August 1st, which is a Saturday and a Sunday. Uh, this is the, the Mythopoeic Society's annual conference. This is the one that Alicia chaired a few years ago yeah. uh, for this long-time list of the podcast. Um, and I helped out with a few years ago uh, when it happened in Atlanta. And Alicia's like heavily involved with this group. She's like on their board of directors kind of thing. Uh, but like if you've ever been interested in what like sort of a fan run kind of academic conferences like especially one that centers around like literature and fantasy stories this is a great great chance to kind of dip your feet in the mythopoeic society is focused on inklings studies so jared tolkien and c.s lewis is the bulk of it and then also like some of the lesser known inklings but you can also bring in anything that also has mythopoeic qualities to it so like a a story that has like a heavy mythology to it kind of thing so like you could potentially like bring in comic book shit or shit like that into it as well one year we're going down we're gonna go one year and i'm gonna bring all the conan stuff and i'm gonna fight with those fucking tolkien nerds about conan i'm gonna do it well no some of them will i mean yeah some of them will probably be like fucking right there with you with like some of the old school conan shit oh man that's the the best either way yeah yeah but this is a a great chance to dip your feet in because you don't have to travel for it or anything like that it's happening online this year we didn't do it last year they just like said yeah because of the pandemic we're just not going to do it it was supposed to be in albuquerque and it's going to be in albuquerque next year now almost worth it just to do the breaking bad tour at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I think when we do go next year, I'll definitely do a tour around the city of the house with the pizza on the roof and everything. Yeah, man. Yeah. So yeah, it's only 20 bucks. There's some great talks planned. Alicia's doing a discussion panel on the mythological influences of the Lil Nas X Montero video. Oh my God. Oh, Alicia, (laughs) which ought to be pretty interesting. It is honestly kind of straight up a troll talk because like there's some, there's like an older contingent to the society that will be like very much offended that yeah, yeah that she's doing like this talk about this gay black man's music video <laughs> that has like fucking aliens and him grinding and I don't know, uh, twer- twerking on Satan's lap and shit like that. A lot of my Conan talk is mostly about like how a, a, a person from the under races, as they would have called them, it comes <laughs> up and just takes over the whole fucking world because that's basically what the Conan story is. Yeah. Um, and so, I think it would be great because all those fucking <laughs> elf loving dorks just be like, What are you talking about? Our book's not racist. I'm like, compared to Conan. It's racist, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and and b- myself, because I'm not like, you know, academically trained or whatever. I am helping out with some of the kind of after hours, sort of more recreational kind of events. Like we're doing a play along slash watch along of some of the Lord of the Rings online game, just so people that haven't seen it before can kind of get, uh, see a bit of the world and everything. We're also going to do like a cards against Arda, which is a like Tolkien middle earth themed card version of cards against humanity. You should really frustrate them and play Shadows of Mordor on your PS5. Like, <laughs> that game that like all the Tolkien the fans fucking yeah, hate. The like, they fucking fit. hate it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fun game though. Game's dope. Like it's yeah. a really good game. I actually there, there, that there game. have definitely been talks uh, made that have like centered around that game and stuff nice. like that. And, and that have acknowledged, you know, that it is entirely sort of uh, uh non-canonical um and then what else oh we're also doing a watch along and a riffing on 
that uh, Russian adaptation of Fellowship of the Ring from the 70s as well. So if you're interested in that at all, like you said, it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, there's multiple tracks going on, so you can kind of pick and choose what talks you're attending. You know, you can interact, you can chat. We're going to have a Discord server set up as well, so people can kind of like be going back and forth and talking about the presentations and stuff like that. You can register at mythsock.org, M-Y-T-H-S-O-C.org. So Nice. Yeah. I'd actually just joined Discord this week for graphics card drops. I've oh yeah, poking around. It's it's pretty entertaining little like service. I yeah, just, it's it's pretty fucking robust. It's like IRC, just so, like it is. usable basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's twenty first century IRC basically. Yeah, but, but it like it's pretty cool. So like I uh, and I like there's, I there's uh, a lot of shit you can do with it. It's really well. Cool. I mean, like I'm a Patreon supporter of like Last Podcast and like Digital Foundry and a couple other. Oh yeah, they must all channels. have like their own. And they all have Discord. great Discord. Yeah. So like Gamers Nexus has Discord that I fought like I'm part of because I'm on their Patreon as well. Uh Steve's the best. And like I get all my hardware news from him. So <laughs> I actually have an open line. I can just talk to these guys now because like in the Discord, they're like in there chatting with like the fans yeah. and stuff. It's fucking cool. So either way, that's uh also I'm going to recommend actually I found as I was going through the Marvel movies and grabbing 4K copies of everything, because I'm not gonna watch it in a lower resolution at this point, God the seasons. <laughs> And it all comes in on 4K and Disney anyway, so I did a lot of my watching that way. But this week, a, a movie came out on 4K Blu-ray that I was extremely happy to see a copy of in 4K. And it's not Howard the Duck, which was also released this week, and we're going to watch at some point because it's not going to torture him because he's never seen it. Yeah, inex- also, yeah, extremely inexplicably, there's a 4K dump of fucking Howard the Duck. My brain almost fell out of my head when I saw that. <laughs> But actually, the movie I want to recommend is Almost Famous, which also came out in 4K Ooh, this week. Nice. And uh, yeah, if you haven't seen this movie, so it's a 2000, it's 2000, 2000, 2001, either way, somewhere in there. Uh, it's a Cameron Crow joint. It's basically like a, a soft autobiography of his time touring with the Allman Brothers and Led Zeppelin in the 70s, like fictionalized, obviously. So it's not him and it's a different, like a different name. But it's basically the story of him growing up as a the youngest Rolling Stone writer of all time. And like what that was like, you know, touring around in the seventies when like rock and roll was really rock and roll and fucking shit was crazy and stuff like that. And it's just <laughs> one of my favorite movies of all time. It's like my like my favorite feel good. I could put this on for three hours and feel like I'm going home kind of movie. I just love it. So if you haven't seen Almost Famous, I highly recommend it. If you have seen Almost Famous, there's a 4K rip of it for you to watch. So go watch it again because why would you not want to go see what Stillwater's up to? Even though you've seen it 400 times. Great fucking movie. Oh, it's one of my favorites of all time. Like, I just, I'll go back to it. Might be one of the last movies I watch before I fucking die. You know what I mean? It's just one of those. I love it. It's fantastic. Makes me feel good. Also, Kate Hudson. Just beautiful. Anyway, everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, This has been episode 259 of Dance Robot Dance. I guess thank you for listening for fucking five years as we are at our five-year anniversary going into next week. Join Um, us next week for our special fifth anniversary episode with some special guests as we boldly go somewhere that dance robot dance has never gone before that we have talked about fucking endlessly though so like you won't <laughs> be super surprised so there is that yeah so this has been episode 259 of dance robot dance if you haven't already please subscribe you can do that from any podcasting app via apple podcast google podcast stitcher or spotify if you have any thoughts about anything we talked about this week specifically if you want to give us your thoughts on black widow did you hate it like are you think we're way off base with our glowing praise of another Marvel movie that we've glowingly <laughs> praised 20 of others of at this Seven point. and a half out of ten, I wouldn't call glowing praise. We're critical to some extent. Nobody's here for your review of a Marvel movie, Tim. <laughs> like, it's like they're they're not here for my <laughs> review of a Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we know Mark hates it, so what the fuck do we care? 
Well, they know you're going to like it. <laughs> oh, yeah, Marvel, absolutely. I'm fucking on board. Either way, uh, yeah, absolutely. Come chat with us. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. On Twitter at DRD underscore podcast. Uh, Tim is on Twitter at DRD underscore Tim. I am on Twitter, M underscore Willette. You can email us at dancerobotdancepodcast at gmail. Uh, I'm Mark. I've been here with Tim. Well, I doubt God from space need to take ibuprofen after fight. The fucking the best line in the movie. You know, <laughs> laughed, laughed my ass off at that one. Uh, I'm Mark. You can follow me on Instagram, MT underscore Willette. That's about it for us for this week. We will talk to you. Next, next week, week with an adventure yeah we're going on a we're going on a trip next week a trek one might say even a trek one might say <laughs> either way we're gonna have some past and present dance robot dance friends along yeah. for the ride so we will talk to you then have a good one guys so long